Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Contineros Podcast. The podcast is sponsored by Port Pro, the leading operating system for drayage carriers. Schedule a demo today at portpro.io, and don't forget to mention Contineros for 10% off. In the studio today, I got Jonathan Cruz. He's a taquero and a troquero. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. Such a good introduction. You know, I got other titles, too. I got, you know, husband... Ah, father yes. let's not forget those yeah those are very important yeah, yeah tell us a little about yourself well um i'm a truck driver during the day uh, i move uh, intermodal at the bnsf work for a company called jb hunt you might have heard of it yeah yeah big company yeah it's a big company a good company um and then uh during the weekend uh saturday and sunday i sell tacos um in the city of compton I'm not sure if you've actually gone, but, you know, we... Uh, I've seen the post. I just never get a chance to go. And then the time that I did see them, I was trying to be a vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And that never lasts more than 30 days. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Tacos. I love tacos, man. Yeah. Yeah. You and... I mean, it's it's right up there with, like, tamales, I think, you know. It's tacos and tamales are some of the greatest... Uh, the things that we can, uh, well, the, the things that most people consume a lot. So, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an interesting two jobs that I have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of way. Um, there's a lot of ways to make a living with it, it. It, it lines up with street vending, right? Yeah. Being a street vendor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I Except would. you're more stable and, uh, by stable, I mean like in the environment is more controlled. You stay there, right? Yes. As to where, like, the people selling the elotes and the tamales, sometimes they're, like, moving around. Yes, they have to be mobile. Yeah, yeah. You know, most of these, uh, the vendors, the street vendors, the yeah. ones that get picked on a lot. Yeah. Those people, you know, they do it because I, I believe they don't really have the, the permits and the licenses and stuff oh, okay, like that. Okay. So they have to move around. And then the, and then I think it benefits them kind of because, you know, when they're moving around, they get to go to different, you know, they're. You know, like they're going to the customer. The customer is yeah. not coming to them as opposed to like us. We're, we're stationary. So, you know, they have to come to us. So I have to put, I have to post a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. So that's why you always see my post, right? Yeah. So yeah. I try to tag you every now and then just that way, you know, truckers can know that, you know, we're there too, you know. But your spot is steady, right? Yeah. Stationary. Yeah. We're there in a parking lot in Compton. And so yeah. it's, it's, you know. So the intermodal part of things, how, how did you end up in that, like working at the rails and, you know? Well, um, buddy of mine, I, you know, prior to me, actually, well, first I was a truck driver, you know, I was working with uh, Swift. And so once I, uh, we ended up parting ways, I ended up becoming an auto detailer. Oh, okay. And so when I was an auto detailer, I would be on the freeways, you know, you know, 105, 60, Metopeco, and a bunch of ex-workers, ex-co-workers. And they weren't working for Swift anymore. They were working for J.B. Hunt. And so, you know, I, you know, we pulled over the side of the road. I'm like, hey, what's up? What you got going on? They're like, no, you got to come here. You need, you need to give up the the whole auto detail thing. And, you know, you need, you need to come, with this, come check out this company. And you know, I was like, oh, well, it's going good here, you know, so I'm not really sure, you know, I was my own boss. And that's at that time, that's something that I really wanted to do, you know, just I didn't want to deal with anybody. I just wanted to be able to go and wash a car and then not work the rest of the day if I didn't want to. But that wasn't the case. 
Some people probably bitch over the slightest thing, huh? When in the auto detail world. Mm. Yeah. 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 You're. I think most auto detailers are. That that's what they do. They 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 pay attention to detail. That's why they're in that they're in that industry and stuff like that. So I think uh I think I did a good job for the most part. When I was doing those jobs, I think uh. Um, the thing that was constantly in my head was like, you know, this person, I don't know what type of person, what type of uh, job they have, but if they're contacting me, it's, it's, you know, that's besides the point, right? The, the point was, is that I'm charging them a lot of money to clean one car that's going to probably get dirty, like within the next, I don't know how long they're going to call me. And so I need to make sure that, you know, they're satisfied and stuff like that. Also, um, when I would go to Mexico, um, there used to be detailers that you know were around the area where i used to be at so i mean if we're comparing like my work to their work i mean they're they're taking out seats they're doing the bottom they're doing i mean they're doing the roof a lot of people don't do the, the you know the roof of cars and stuff like that headliner it's, yeah the headliner yeah so i mean when i would do my job it would be more of you know i gotta be i gotta i gotta pay attention to detail for sure yeah damn you've had a uh, some side hustles huh that was well, a, that one. That one was a main one, actually, right? But you're built like that, entrepreneurial. Yeah, right. I think so. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, it, it don't stop there. I mean, you know, once you start detailing cars, and you know, you you get you get questions all like, "Well, I gotta go do my brakes next," and you're like, "Okay, <laughs> I could do that." Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I could do that. I mean, front brakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could do that. I mean, yeah, you know. And so, you know, you start changing brakes and stuff like that. And then you get, like, stuff like, um, I got this dent. And you're all like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> I could do that. I, I, I mean, yeah. Did you get a price already? And, yeah, they'd be like, yeah, they're charging me $500. I'd be like, <laughs> hey, you start out as an auto detailer. You end up being a plumber. Ah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's. Nah, that's the, that's the. It's too much Pornhub, I yeah. guess. Anyways, go ahead. I think uh, I think if uh, you have an idea or an understanding of why things work, and you do, and you're in that position to make that extra money, like you know, changing brakes or you know, taking out a dent, or you know, uh, changing oil, you know, I mean, all those things, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, um, it ended up leading to carpet cleaning, then tile cleaning. Damn, you know it. I mean, I did a lot of things when I was a when I was an auto detailer. You never feel like I gotta be one specific thing. Then, like, I do auto detailing. I'm not gonna distract myself with changing brakes. You just say yes to any opportunity. Then, right? It, if it, it makes sense to you. Yeah, it, time permitting. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, I didn't have anything booked next, so then I would do it. Had they ever, did they ever test you, like, leave some, like, maybe 20 bucks in the, you know what I mean, in the tablero to see if you'll take it? You never know, like, some people do some stuff like that, no? Um, I, I believe uh, there was a lot of tests. Yeah. yeah? Yeah, there was a lot of tests. Um, you know, it was never in my nature to do things like that, you know. If I'm going to be doing a service, and, you know, it has to be a good service. And so when, uh, when I ended up hiring more workers, I ended up with seven uh, detailers. It was always up to me to tell them, hey, you know, there's going to be like that little gold chain or just please mm-hmm. don't do it. And, you know, it ended up happening. I ended up going out to one of the um, to one of the sites where uh, two uh, workers were doing a job. It was taking quite long. 
they couldn't get it down. They were wondering why it's not working. You know, the methods that I taught them, it's like, it's not going down. It's not, it's not getting clean. And so I went over there and um, I helped them out. And, but uh, towards the back of the, the, it was a big truck. It was like an excursion. There was like a little chain. And uh, sorry about that. I get a little bit uh, emotional, but uh, not, nothing like, oh, I'm going to cry or anything like that. I just get a little bit like anxiety or whatever. But uh, there was a chain that I seen and uh, my worker was back there. And then I was like, you know, I'm going to take mental note of it. And then um, towards the end of the job, I went to the back just to, you know, do a little bit of touch up to see if it was still there and it wasn't there. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy took it. And so when we got back to the shop, I told him, hey, um, by any chance did you take that little, you know, it was like a, like when you do a, when the baptism and they give you those, those little chains or whatever, not even real gold or anything like that. He's like, yeah, I took it. I was like, all right, well, you know, if you're going to be doing things like that, you can't be working for me. So what do you want to do? Do you want to work for me still? Give back the chain. We'll go back to the customer right now and, you know, we'll explain to him what happened or do you want your last check? He's like, no, nah, I just want my last check. And so that was easy for me at least. Mm. He ended up giving me back the chain and went back to the customer. I told him, hey, you know what? My worker took this. He's no longer working with me, but, you know, we're sorry, you know? So, yeah, to me, that never was, never crossed my mind. But to other people, I could see how it was, you know, it was. Uh, Damn, that guy straight up, just give me my check then. Yeah, just give me my check. What do you think that meant to you? I don't want to change? I think uh, he was my biggest headache from all the, from all the workers, uh, um, if you're, he's still my friend, by the way. Um, he was young. He was a 17. Mm. Yeah, he was 17. All right. Yeah. So he's being, he's going to be, he's actually going to be a truck driver pretty soon. So, nice. yeah. So, uh, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know what, it, I don't know why he would do things like that. I guess we're all raised differently. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I believe some people, if they could get away with it, they'll do it. Yeah. You know? So there's a lot of stuff that goes into it, right? The whole life their whole life before that occasion whatever led to that yeah 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 so yeah maybe. Cada mundo. you're not ever gonna see it how he saw it that day yeah you know it took me by surprise too when he told me you know we're just giving my check i'm like oh, it, it kind of hit me i was mm. like oh well, you don't want to be with me you don't want to work with me or what yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well he took the check and you know he's a, whatever I, I went and i and i made things right and i made things right so you know well, that's good. You guys still have a good relationship. Yeah, I didn't take it personal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't take it personal. Per yeah. I didn't take it personal because first, I think he was 16. Uh-huh. Yeah, he was just trying to make some extra money. And so, and then uh, if you know someone's personality and stuff like that, and you're just like, oh, you know. But then again, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't think like, I, I learned, I learned a lot from those experiences. You know what I mean? Like, I try not to just get into people's life too much. That way I don't have to just, you know, try to understand them and stuff like that. Because that's time consuming, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean. That's the the weakness of people with a big heart. Like, you can't separate sometimes things. You end up having love for them and then it'll fuck with you. Because some people will take advantage and some people will let you down. So if you base, it'll fuck with you. You know? Well, I think if uh, I think uh, when I was younger, a, a lot of older people used to call me, "Oh, that's the little homie. Look out for him and stuff like that." And so, when I was in a position to uh, to to help these youth out, because there were all my workers were in high school still, where I had my shop at, there was they had a studio. You had to get into my shop, 
and to the sort of like kind of something like this and so you would you would walk into my door which is my my detail shop whatever you want to call it at the time i'm not sure what it was um and then you they would walk to the back and they would have their 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 stew their where they would make music and so they would they would see me hustling all day and they would be like hey we want to make extra money and so next thing you know i would start bringing the cars there and then they would they would start working on them for me you know what i mean and then that would give me the option to go and do jobs outside now when they all got their licenses you know i would i was stuffing like uh you know like you know five foot five foot tall machines into the little cars and they would go out and they would do the jobs for me and so next thing you know i was kind of blowing up and so i mean but yeah i mean these these there were kids and you have to understand you know what i mean i got kids of my own now too you know i i, I know they're always messing up and so um i kind of uh kind of took heart with them you know instead of making it like oh it's gonna be all business and if you mess up that's it you're done i kind of like you know i grew fond of them kind of a little bit i don't know if those are the words but yeah and how did that end the that gig that the detailing um i think i was over it i think i was over it i mean i i spread myself too thin and then uh, a lot of other things were happening to where i was uh never at home uh, some days I'd make a thousand dollars a day, so uh, you know with that type of money, you, you're you're really busy, and so it wasn't working out at home, and it wasn't you know it wasn't money is not everything, in other words, and so um, I think I had to leave that alone and then uh, come back to trucking. You know I had a couple of friends tell me you know like hey you know you should come back to trucking and stuff like that. I had no insurance, you know what I mean? No days off, no no. I'm not putting nothing towards my savings, you know, my social security, no yeah. 401k. And so, yeah, you kind of think about the future. I yes. Mean, yeah. So when you do, when you make decisions like that, so. So you're liking Intermodal now or no? Like, how is it to you? You wouldn't try the ports? <laughs> you know, the port, when, when someone says ports, it comes along with, the, it comes with a bunch of stories, you know, a bunch of sad stories sometimes. And I, I never hear any good stories about the port. No. No, none. I mean, I see ads that say, you know, like what, $37, come work at the port, you know, 10 hours or whatever. And But I mean, with all the stories on the background and then all these, you know, ads and stuff like that, and it's just, it's hard to, to it's who's lying? I don't know who's lying. Mm -hmm. You know, I see the lines. It's scary. You know, are you making money? Are they getting paid hourly? I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. many questions. Yeah, a little bit of both. Depends yeah. what you choose. Owner up by the hour. Mm-hmm. 1099 w2 <laughs> there's a lot of variations yeah you know but what i like about intermoto it's in and out how is it for you though like i think for the most part it's going good you know so i don't know too many parts of the trucking industry you know i did uh i did my time with swift i did like i think three months over the road mm -hmm. i knew for sure i didn't like that I knew for sure I didn't like that. I know at the time when I started, they were doing 22 cents a mile. And so if it was winter and you didn't travel much, you'd get a week, maybe like 200 bucks. So 200 bucks? 200, 150. Over the road? Over the road. You know? What year was this in? Let's say it was 2008. Hmm. Yeah. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too much money for me. You know, some people, they, they, they have very successful careers over the road, you know, they're, you know, they're very experienced and they can go, you know, 
in and out of a storm, let's say, as opposed to where I'm just learning and I'm just like, you know, do I have to go through that storm or can we wait it out? Yeah. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I, I don't think that was for me, honestly. I don't think that over the road was for me. And so after that, I, I, I came local. I became local and I started you working. You crazy? <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> as a truck driver, yeah. Yeah, as a truck driver, you go crazy. I mean, it took me a whole year to get, you know, to feel comfortable in the truck. Hmm. I would say it took me no less than a year to feel comfortable driving. You were new still though, right? Yeah. So Swift took you new? You started there new? Yeah, I started there new. Did you? And the schooling and all that, how did that go? Well, I paid for my own school. Yeah? Yeah. We paid for our own school and uh, me and my wife, actually. I think Swift would have paid it. Wouldn't have? Wouldn't they have? They would have. Yeah, they would have. But then they would have locked you in for like a year or two. Yeah. Believe, yeah. At, at 200 a week? At, <laughs> yeah, you can. Actually, 100 because they'll probably take some of that for the payment, no? For the payment, yeah. And Or no, I think, what have you heard about those deals? Isn't it you owe it if you don't stay? I think they send you to collections. Well, I know, I know now. Look, back then, it was it was one of those things where you would be, if you went to their school, you would be them with them for a whole year. And um, you know, if you wanted to, if you if in that time you got another job, you just have to pay the remainder of the balance of the school. Mm -hmm. And so now, from what I've been hearing, people are also doing that, but then. People are also getting bonuses for driving now, like, you know, for sign-on bonus. And so people are like, yeah. you know, I don't like it here, so I'm going to go with this company. I'm going to get the bonus, and then I'm going to pay off that school. And then whatever the remainder is, you know, I'll keep. And so. No, no. <laughs> strike one. Yeah. I'm going to do a game. I'm like, on the third strike, you owe me 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Put it in the, uh, the little container. So, but you went in already ready. And Swift took you as a new guy. Yeah, they did. You didn't fuck anything up like most Swift trailers are known for that based on what we see on social media, they have a very, uh, uh, a bad track record, you know? Yeah. But they take risk, right? By taking new guys. Yeah. They do. They do. I think it's all a part of their, you know, their their bottom line. I think that's what it is. You know, they're willing to take those risks, you know, for the bottom line, which is works out for some people. Because, you know, when you're in those uh, swift terminals and stuff like that and you, you, you talk to people, you know, some of these people just came out of the army. They got nowhere to go. Some of these people grew up poor and they, they need somewhere to stay. So they stay in their truck, you know what I mean? You you hear all these stories and you're just like, oh, okay, I, I understand why Swift works for you. Yeah. You know, you're you're in a disadvantage and they're at that advantage to where they can offer you this and, you know, it works out for both, for yeah. both parties and stuff like that, so. Yeah. Someone out there, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they, they have their own insurance, like a bond or something, like that's how bad it got. Like they just cover it directly, you oh, know? Yeah. I'm yeah. going to look into that. Yeah, I could see how they... You know what I mean? You know what? They don't count on anyone to insure you because they insure you. Yeah. So it's like, if you fuck up, we got it. Right? You know, working for them, um, you realize a lot of things. And so you, if that's what you're saying is true, then yeah, I believe it. Because mm 
they're 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 cutthroat. Mm. They're cutthroat. Yeah, the way they word everything, you know, their contracts and everything, how everything's based out of you know, not in California, and so it, it works to their advantage. And you know what though? But uh, I'm glad they took that opportunity, that you know, that leap of faith on me. So I'm happy. That's where I started, and you know. I got nothing bad to say about them. You know, we all got to start somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. And what about um, let's let's move around a bit. Let's see childhood. How was that? Tell us about about that. Um, any good memories? Well, I experiences. A, I got a lot of good memories. I got a lot of good ones, and for the most part, I was a happy kid. You know, when you're a happy kid, you don't see the the negative in the world. And so you just, you know, day by day, you know, go outside, you know, you, with your friends or whatnot. But um, I know that when I was 13, uh, you know, you start needing, you start paying attention to your clothes, your shoes and stuff like that. Yeah. And so you're just like looking for ways to make money. And so I used to, uh, I used to go out with my brother-in-law. He was a truck driver. He was, uh, he delivered like a. Uh, reefer loads to new york and back yeah and so we that's you know that's when i got when i really got my first shot because uh you know he would let me drive like you know open road arizona you know four hours five hours straight two hours maybe i'm not really sure how long it was i just i just remember driving straight yeah. shots and stuff yeah. like that 13 14 years old you know <laughs> wow that's how you were introduced to trucking then. that's exactly how it was that's exactly what happened wow yeah you know he would do the he would do the trips to new york you know in seven days or we'd get there a lot faster what about school at that age shouldn't you be in school what are you doing driving to new york with him well, we it was vacation vacation yeah, time vacation time mm -hmm. yeah so uh, we'd go out you know to new york or wherever most of the time it was new york it was new york always taking you know fruits and stuff over there i think mm -hmm. uh, most of the part he would take oranges to new york it was a lot of uh stops along the way or just here straight to new york well he would some he would take some some another family member and so they would change they would change seats they wouldn't stop mm. yeah the truck never stopped so crazy yeah i think we'd be done we'd be in new york like in three days three and a half days or something like that if that's right yeah so, yeah, it sounds sounds doable. Yeah, I think I think that it could be four and a half, but you know, for the for the most part, it would be like a two week job or something like that, and we'd get it done like in seven days or eight days. Yeah, yeah, because I think like from from California to Florida is like uh, two days, three nights, or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's nonstop. It's nonstop. Well. Yeah, but what else? You you missed a lot of. Took a big jump all the way to thirteen for childhood. Well, yeah. I think it, it's 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 there's a lot of there's a lot of good things that happened prior to that. It's just, but it was just mainly just you know all playing out on the streets and stuff like that. Um, the hustle began a long time before thirteen because I remember when I was five years old, we used to wash cars at the at the corner, you know, the do-it-yourself car washes, and then from that it went to like pumping gas at the Arco, and then from pumping that, gas yeah who was washing the cars a family member and you were helping them or you would go out and hustle for five at five 
No, like, you know, because we used to live next to a car wash where you put the quarters in and, yes. you, you know, you get the brush and you start doing it yourself. And I remember we used to be a bunch of, like, friends and stuff. And so we used to go there and used to ask, you know, could we help you for whatever? Then they'd give you money. And then that just evolved into way more things like, you know, pumping gas. And then back in the days when we were younger, we there used to be this market that used to take back your uh, your your cart and it'd give you a quarter. And so in Southgate, when we, we grew up in Southgate, there's a bunch of white people, a bunch of older white people back in the days. And so one of the hustles that we used to do was we used to um, help them unload their, you know, their groceries into their truck. And then they'd give you a little bit of cash. And then you'd also get that one quarter when you used to put the cart in. So we used to walk away with a bunch of money. And and I think it, it also led to, we used to, uh, what did we used to do? We used to pick up like uh, cans, like recyclables. Until until we got chased down by the by the local guy that used to do that too, and he used to be like, "You guys are getting all my cans." And yeah, the local, the, there was a guy that that was his route or something. There was a guy that was his route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that and so we did we stopped doing that. But we we're that guy even came and talked to our parents. What? <laughs> yeah, because uh, he used to wake up at five, and we used to hear him, with, you know, the car, you know, making all that noise and stuff like that. So me and my buddies would wake up at four. Mm. And we'd we'd hit the block up and stuff like that, and we'd uh, get all the cans before he would, and so, um, <laughs> and so we, yeah. <laughs> since we used to live not early, too, bird gets the worm. Yeah, yeah. Believe get it or the not. can. Yeah, get the can. So there was a there was a lot of things that we used to do in the, in, to get money and stuff like that, and it was all for like you know wrestling magazines or. Oh okay. Yeah, just like who's we? You and your buddies, or you and. Yeah, there was a couple buddies out, you know, on the block where I used to live in and stuff like that. I think there was a, I think there was a guy that was a lot older than us, maybe like three years older than us, that used to give us those ideas, and we used to just tag along and stuff mm. like that. But I think that's where it created that motivation to, you know, to to go out there and make money because there's money to be made, you know, everywhere. How how was it like, um, in the household? In the household, it was good. Yeah, I was a happy kid. Um, I had no complaints, you know. My job only was to just do homework and, you know, after that was done, you know, go out and play. <laughs> what made you, though, want to go out and hustle? Like, there has to be a reason for the desire. Like, you don't just wake up, I think, and, like, I need that money. Like, you saw probably some kind of relationship with the money. Like, Yeah, well, I think early on it was introduced to me by kids that were a lot older than me. And it kind of sparked this, like, you know, flame in me and stuff. So I always knew that, you know, you're, you you could either just wake up and play or you can wake up and go make money. And so I think uh, I think that was uh, something that was uh, brought to me by, by kids that were older than me and stuff like that. Because, I mean, these same kids were the same kids that would be like, you know, fight. Or, you know, like, you know, do this and do that. And so, you know, you pick you, whatever you want to learn from people who come into your life is just... It's up to you, basically. And so, I mean, but those those kids specifically, I mean, you know, I don't know what motivate, motivated them or anything like that. But me, I mean, I just wanted to be a kid. But the kids that I would hang out with needed money for some reason. And so, I mean, if they were willing to split it, then I would go with them. You know, and it would all be like for wrestling magazines or for milk. Yeah. We used to go buy milk and, yeah. and cookies. 
you know, and we used to go and hit the corner or buy like a fire hydrant and we used to pop it open. Everyone used to share it and cup and <laughs> yeah. it was interesting. I wonder where they're at now. Where are most of those guys at now? Do you, you lost touch with some of them? Um, I think one's a dentist in Arizona. Uh, the, the guy that used to teach us about, you know, going and making that money, I, he, I see he's homeless. Mm. Yeah, I seen him uh, not too long ago by a church and stuff like that. I think he's homeless. How did that feel? Um, that's that's interesting that you ask. It it felt like you would think he might have been better off, but then you see him and it's like that's not the guy I I, I used to know. Huh? Mm, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, that's I've never. Well, when I seen him, I was older, and so. Um, I said hi to him, and he was like, "He didn't remember you." No, he didn't remember me. So I was like, "I left it alone." You know, that was one that I was able to walk away with him from because uh, I had heard what he was doing prior to that, and so it didn't bother me. I mean, to I, I wasn't gonna gain anything from his friendship at that point. So, but I mean, I try to help people when I can. You know, most of the time, I'm always willing to help people that want to be helped and stuff like that. So. Oh, okay, so basically, you kind of know the backstory to how he ended like that, so you don't feel like the this urgency to or like responsibility to help him. I guess. Yeah. It's like he made his bed. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. He no. wasn't a victim then. He chose that. Yeah. No, he was definitely. Um, he was young, but he was a lot older in his head, so he knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah. Me and him had a falling out when we were younger. Okay. Yeah. He always used to try to, uh, you know, he would punch me in my stomach sometimes when we'd be, just be playing or stuff like that. So, I mean, it was no, it was like, uh, okay, I could live without him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know. But it still feels kind of like, damn, fucked up, huh? Yeah, well, yeah. He, yeah. His, I mean, his whole family was a little bit weird. So, I mean, his brother too, was, I think his brother is like, 17 years old he's in jail for murder or something like that and so you know i just you know you tend to stay around people stay away from people that are like that so so homeless dentist and any others that you remember any others no i haven't been able to track on any other any other people um you know uh from that from that from that specific time where we grew up on that block because we i think that was the sum of my childhood after that i was just like you know I took things a lot more serious and stuff. Yeah. That covers the childhood. Hustler from the start. Who inspires you? Um, I think, um, I think there's a lot of people that inspire me, but for the most part, I just, uh, I think I, I gather all my strength and, uh, my, my, my willingness to go out there and do what I do for my kids and my family and stuff. You know, I think that, uh, uh, you know, we got to wake up every day and we got to be thankful and we got to be, you know, we got to be, you got to give it up to the Lord Almighty. And, you know, you just got to, you just got to, you just got to work. You got to put in the work results. Yeah. Wake up every day and be thankful. Um, you said that, and I remembered something that I saw this morning. I, I've said it a few times on here that I'm practicing my daily 10. Like, as soon as I open my eyes, I, the, instantly the first 10 things I'm grateful for. And, I, you know, 
as soon as I cover it, I put a finger up, then the next one until I can go through all 10. <laughs> and then one of them was my, my daughter. When I looked to the left to, to look at her, <laughs> I got a good chance to see she was smiling in her sleep on and off. <laughs> so I, I, I was able to get a, a little video of it, you know, <laughs> and started my day with that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. It's very nice to have something to live for. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. something, someone. So yeah, no, yeah, that's that's also a part of my ritual too. You know, I got a, I got two boys. You know, I got two boys. They got baseball. They they got goals, and I'm trying to help them with that. You know, as much as I can too, as well as with uh, the company business. You know that my wife's a part of and stuff. And so, you know, if uh, if I can help out with it, you know, I would. I could. I am. I will. So now making more time for family, it doesn't mean you work less now, right? And it feels like you work more, huh? Because now you got to balance that into the busy schedule as it is and go make time for that as well, right? Yeah, it's it's very hard, especially uh, with uh, everybody, you know, wanting that attention and stuff. So um, I, I don't think I'm the best at it, actually. So um, I'm not either. Yeah. You you probably get a lot of uh, a lot of crap from people that you know that say that hey you know I bet I I personally feel guilty sometimes because I'm rarely home yeah and it, 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 I, and I just came to realize that I can't stop like I have this fucking I wouldn't say it's a flaw but I wouldn't say it's like overall it's not a bad thing I just think I need to know how to manipulated in a way that works for everyone that works for everyone because i lose myself in work mm -hmm. when i was trucking i wouldn't be home as much mm -hmm. now i'm not even trucking anymore and i'm still not home as much yeah like before the daylight saving stuff you know like well i don't think that matters but the point is you leave and it's dark you get home and it's dark yeah and then it's like the people you're doing it for, sometimes a lot of us risk losing them because we're not there. Yeah. And it's fucked up because it's crazy how life works, right? Yeah. You're gone all, all the time to make it happen, but then in the process, you lose that. Yeah. And I don't want that to happen to me, but it's in the back of my mind that I need to kind of find a way. And luckily, I have a, a woman that's very understanding, but they're human too, you know, like... The fact that they're understanding doesn't mean that they wouldn't like it another way, probably. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But we are. I go through that. I go through that a lot, too. I guess that's what I was going to ask you. You have, Do you ever feel guilty or felt guilty when you went too hard and there was more time at work than with the family? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we suffer from all the same uh, issues that a lot of people who are, you know, starting a brand new business or, or uh, some of the issues that you know people go through when they're just really busy or um are trying to please everyone else other than their family you know it's a it's a mix of all these things that people go through right and you know i'm the same way you know if i'm uh trying to start this business and uh you know i feel like uh, i could do a lot at work but you know, you suffer on the back on the back end of things, you know, at home and stuff like that. And I think that it's, it's very important for uh, people to make time for their family in order to uh, have yeah. a successful uh, marriage to his family. 
even a life, I think, because what good is it that you end up being successful and your family is off? Like, there's uh, Richard Branson, I believe. He has a, a saying that don't judge me by my success. Judge me by that of my children mm. or, or something like that. Mm -hmm. See, like, you could be the most successful, have all the millions, but if you let your children down and they're losers, it's kind of like, oh, yeah. are you really that successful? Yeah. Yeah, no, I uh, I agree with you. Um, I'm actually the last person you should ask on how, you know, to keep, uh, to keep a family happy because... Uh, I know that uh, I'm not perfect in, you know, in the eyes of my family and stuff like that. And so um, I wouldn't be able to give any advice. Uh, maybe, actually, I would be able to give advice. I'd be able to I'd tell you exactly what not to do. But it's enough knowing that you go through it. Yeah. And that your attention is good. Yeah. So that's enough, I think, yeah. to someone out there that's having the same issues. Like, this is what hustlers go through. Yes. And where there's no fucking manual. No. Yeah, no, there's definitely not a manual. Um, I think that uh, it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's very difficult, very difficult to, to, to kind of, you know, balance all these things, you know. And so I think, uh, you know, anybody that's going to start a new business should, should know that, um, you know, at the end of the day, you come home to a family and that if they're not happy, then, you know, you, you should try to you should try to make things work out, you know, just as much as you try to make your business work. You should try to make your family and be yeah happy. But also, that's that's the thing, too. You're going to I don't want to keep showing up empty handed. I don't want, you know, like I'll go back empty handed, empty handed. Like I'm here, but I'm you know, I don't have nothing to offer yet. Like so it's like that whole internal battle. Like if I come and cuddle, I'm not making it happen. If, if and if I. And if I don't make it happen, then, you know, like, I get frustrated, you know, like, you feel like you're grinding, you're grinding, and then you're like, I know this is at risk here, quality time that I could never get back. Is this journey worth it? It better be fucking worth it, because sometimes you're like, where's the reward? You don't see it yet, and you're just grinding, you're going, and you see this at risk, and then it's for that. It's just, there's some stuff you can't explain. So what I meant is like sometimes men give up on their dreams because it's kind of like if they're blackmailed, like you're going to lose us. Like, please understand that this is for you. Yeah. The reward will be for everyone. We just have to write it out. I write it out my way by grinding, showing up every day. My hardship creates it for you guys. I'm aware of that. Yeah. My choices affect everyone. I'm aware of that. But when the reward comes, it was all worth it. Yeah. I think everyone's situation is different. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna give you an example. I'm gonna say this, okay? Um, if your wife doesn't work and you're out there making, you're the only breadwinner. I think it's very important to keep her in the loop of everything you're doing, your successes, your fails, and uh, where you could have, uh, where you could have did a little bit better because you're most likely you're out there hustling all day communication mm -hmm. is so important that you need to um, keep her well informed of everything you do because um oh included yeah exactly yeah exactly you need to keep them included and especially if they don't have a job and they're just at home you know don't know what you're doing yeah you can't say you're a team and you don't know the moves like you can't yeah okay okay because yeah, they she has to have your back and um 
you know, if there's kids involved, then, you know, you know, some of those things, those insecure insecurities can, you know, can go straight to the kids. You know what I mean? And so I think. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of situations because I've seen a lot of situations mm-hmm. like that before, too, where friends of mine are starting businesses. They have no kids involved, but they have a wife, but they don't keep her up to date. And so I've seen, you know, marriages fail because of that. So, And her stress, she'll take it out on the kids and. There goes their mental health. Now when they grow up, they're mentally fucked and it <laughs> fucks with everything else yeah. around them. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Uh, and I it think starts with communication. Yeah. Well, communication, of course. Yeah. Communication for sure. 100%. And it doesn't count. Communication doesn't count like, hey, what you make for dinner? Not that type. No. <laughs> no. No. You got to treat her as a, as an equal, actually. You know what I mean? Talk and stuff. You yeah. Know? Hey, I failed here. Hey. I made money here, you know, and then, and if she's a good one, then she'll she'll understand and she'll she'll try to help you out too. She'll try to make you a better person. And so I think, uh, you know, when it comes up to you know starting your own business, I think uh, you guys need to have a plan, so no one uh, feels left out. You know. What about when um, have you heard of those situations where they both have a dream and it's like. You both pursue your dream or one of you guys pursues one and we go double down on that. Or maybe they feel left out that they gave up on their dream for yours and then you're over here fucking up. And that's, that must be a complicated one. Those are complicated. I've seen yeah. those happen too. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that happen. They end up too. competing with each other. Yeah. Where, where someone has to put their their future on the back burner and stuff. And so... For one person to, you know, get what they want. And then, you know, later on, the first me and then you or yeah. vice versa and stuff like that. I've seen that happen too. First me and then you, but then first first him and then divorce. Yeah. Like, oh, never got your turn. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> Fucked up. Yeah. That, I've seen that happen too. Yeah. You know that, that La, La Sposa de Jeff Bezos, uh, they were giving her shit for, you know, the, the divorce and her part. You know, so she's a fucking billionaire as well, right? Right. And she had brought it up. Like, people mentioned what she left with, but they don't mention what she came in with. Oh. So, mention that as well, that she was there from day one when he was nothing. Yeah. So, people just focus on the negative, you know, like, oh, you left with all this money. Like, you know, like, she was writing, she was writing with him the whole time, you yeah. know? Back when they were. Yeah. Eating sopitas maruchan. Yeah. Yeah. I still fuck with them sopitas, though. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Only limón. There's yeah. a lot of ways you can do that. Yeah. Sopita. Hey, the sopita. Look. Because when times get tough, it's known. We, we got to hit the top ramen or some shit make it happen, you know? Yeah. So, any hardships, like, growing up? I know we covered childhood, but maybe as far as that, like, any hardships with that, like... Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it was really I think it was it's very tough life. That one that I you know what I've never thought about uh, mentioning some of the stuff that I'm about to mention, but uh, you know why not for the sake of the podcast, right? But yeah, I mean, um, I think uh, you know when this early, 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 I know that uh, my we ended up in a in a in a camp under the freeway for battered women. Yeah. And so this is back in the day when, you know, uh, if you were like abused or anything like that, it, like my mom, 
yeah let's just say for my mom like i think we ended up like you know and on the streets i think even at one point and stuff i was too little too what age i was i was i i know that I was exactly still a baby. see it all lines up yeah. that fucking hustler in you yeah. see and i'm connecting it yeah see something triggers it yeah too young to be thinking about money bro yeah five yeah come on yeah i knew there was more to that oh yeah there's a and there it is yeah there was uh i think uh yeah we were living like in a shelter and stuff like that for you know family of five we were living in a shelter i believe and so um you know i don't remember most of it i i remember i hear stories and stuff like that and i think most of my siblings also you know kind, kind of know but they don't really talk about it as well um i know i've talked to my mom several times and she's told me things like that but she tries to forget as well but yeah, we, we, we grew up poor. We grew up poor in East L.A. And then, you know, we moved out uh, to Southgate. And then I believe, uh, you know, we were we were poor then still, too. But at least we had a house, you know. You know? What's the, did you have to get creative with meals? What's one you remember, like? Um, I'll share mine if it makes you. Yeah. More. I had, um, well, we grew up on food stamps. Yeah. And back when... There was the paper you could like. They had a little book, you know. Yeah. I remember the the tens or you know the. I remember the way it smelled. I remember the texture. Yeah. All that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? My ghetto meal was um, frosted flakes with tampico, bro. Because there's no milk. So I put orange juice in my in my cereal. Uh huh. Man, I would get on a fucking sick one, man. Because <laughs> all that sugar, you know, frosted flakes. All the sugar in the Tampico, for those who don't know what Tampico is, it's like like the generic Sunny Delight. Sunny Delight. Right? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> la, 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 la. Fucking hyper as fuck. Yeah. And yeah. Well, you got another, you got one like that? I, I don't remember anything like that. I don't. I just, um, like I said, I was just a kid too happy. I didn't pay attention to those things. I was just so happy as a kid. I just mm -hmm. remember just... As soon as I did my homework, I just remember just, you know, um, I think later on, I think later on there was times where, or, or you know what? I, you know why I don't remember? I don't remember because I was always eating over at friend's house. Oh. Yeah. So that's why I don't remember. And, and the people that I used to hang out with, they used to eat good. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I would eat good too, you know? So I don't remember any of that ever, not having any food and stuff. Mm. Yeah, but no, but that that we didn't that we we didn't have money though. But you know what I mean? We didn't have money. I only got one present the whole year, and it was for Christmas. Yeah, yeah, it's the same present all the time—a bike from Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all I wanted. We would sign up for the local, the city. They had um, the city. The mayor he would do like a toy drive or something. So you would sign up, and then everyone would show up to this like the city, not a city hall, but it was like a. The city invested in this building to rent out for, like, weddings and quinceañeras and all that shit. Mm -hmm. So they owned it. So there's, like, for Christmas, all the families that signed up for the toy drive, you know, you show up. Mm -hmm. It'll be an event, right? Yeah. Then they call your your names and you go get your present. Yeah. But it's just, are you a boy or a girl? How old are you? You know, and it's, you never know what you were getting. Yeah. But we got something. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So growing up, those were the Christmases that, you know, and, and mom still did her best to you know add a little extra one in there out of her pocket you know yeah but mine are a blur so I, I was, i'm wondering if we like purposely forget some stuff you know selective uh memory i think it i think that's yeah i think that's how that works 
Like, because how is it that we could remember certain stuff at a, at a certain age clearly, but then other stuff is just like it never happened? Yeah. Like, how do I skip from, you know, how do you skip from homelessness or, or the shelter yeah. to all the way to five, then all the way to 13? Yeah. Then all the way to Swift. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, yeah. There's definitely gaps in, in, in the story when, you know, when there's that much. Yeah. I agree. No, I agree. There's just it. It would we would be here all day if I really try to talk about it, everything. So, I think that um, I just need to get better at interviewing and I'll take <laughs> it all out. <laughs> Tell me, <laughs> you know, my eyes will get like all trippy with the swirls <laughs> and fucking uh, hypnotize you. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, but uh, I liked my childhood. I liked it. It was nothing wrong with it. I never got hit. My mom never hit me. No. Nah, she never hit me. I never did anything bad to her. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I was the smallest of five, so. Ah. Yeah. El chiquiado. Uh, a little bit. No chancla for you. None. None. But the siblings were not like mom. The siblings probably fucked you up. Nah. You were the baby all around. Yeah, I think they were all doing their own thing. I think they were all doing their own thing. There was, I, you know, I had a sister that, you know, that I didn't even know I had a sister because she didn't live with us at the time. Oh, okay. And so I, I had another, I had a brother that was, uh, I didn't even know I had a brother. I didn't even know I had an bro older brother and an older sister. Yeah. Uh, the sister moved out when she was young. The other brother was in jail. And so I was left with my, with a brother and a sister. So, um, they were in the house, so I, I just remember them. And then, you know, one day you, you, you take a ride with mom and you go to this big building and you're like, oh, okay, that's my brother. And then uh, he's like, uh, he got out of jail. <laughs> he got out of jail. And so he's like showing us his bruises and stuff like that. And we're like, what happened? Oh, the cops beat me up. And you're just like, the cops? Those are the good guys. You know, you're little. You don't mm -hmm. understand. And so... That's when I found that I had a brother, and then um, some other time when, you know, we get a call from my sister, uh, come pick me up, come pick me up, and then uh, I'm going to go pick someone up, and she's like, hi, Jonathan, and I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and she's like, I'm ready to come back home. So there's big gaps, that's why you don't remember them from... Or, I was too young. They actually moved out of the house before I, before I could start remembering stuff. So. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Want to take a quick moment to thank Jonathan for the sign. Check it out, guys. That shit is badass. So yeah, thanks, bro. No problem. Hey, so tell us the story about how you found that sign that you brought to the studio all right um truck route i was on my way from from la to chino and it was a uh, i think it was like 50 mile per hour winds everything was fine everywhere Shit. yeah i got off on a Soquel canyon right there after 71 mm. and my first stop i just i seen it on the floor you know i put the hit the parking brake trailer brake me bajé picked it up i took it with me it does look like it got literally ripped off from whatever it was bolted on. Yeah. 
like the dimensions were off a bit probably did you yeah. see that did yeah, you see I noticed that. Yeah, yeah it got ripped off it yeah. was a windy day it was mine all along and i didn't even know it yeah trippy uh, uh you know what you know when you're like on the freeway what's the main thing that you see when you're on the on the freeway and you look to the right and you see right there that little area where you know you're not supposed to park you see like ladders right yeah i've seen ladders right yeah and I, I've always wanted to stop and get that damn ladder. I just never do. It's not safe. It's not. Yeah, it's not yeah, wise. Yeah. But you know, you see a ladder right there. It's in, like, that yeah. buena for sure. Yeah. You open it up. It's not, it's not ran over or anything yeah. like that. But I mean, it was that one when I was pulled up. When I was at the stop sign, it was just right there. All I had to do was just get off and just boom, get off, get back on. So. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Yeah. I'm going to find a good spot for it. All right. There's plenty of room still. So let's see. Um, what's your favorite thing about trucking? Um, That's a good question. Um, well, I've always liked to, I've always liked to drive. Driving is, is what I like to do. You know, I always wanted to be a, race car driver dirt bike driver motorcycle driver and so i think it falls perfectly with me to drive you know at one point i wanted to be a uber driver i wanted to give up truck driving and be an uber driver some of them say they're doing good some of them i don't know i get a lot of we get a lot of uh customers and tacos that tell me that they're doing good they show me their little app and stuff like that yeah but then I see like the pop up, like sometimes, you know, not that I'm nosy or nothing, but I'm in the back, you know, and you hear that. I already know the fucking Uber sounds already. That's how I know they got a ride coming in yeah. or, or money, right? Uh-huh. And right away I'll see three fifty, five dollars dollars I'm like, how does that add up, you know? Mm-hmm. But maybe in the tw- in 12 hours it adds up, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Five here, ten there. We don't stop, you know? Mm-hmm. So... I think what helps them is they get bonuses. Oh, okay. They do little missions. Like, this weekend, do this many amount of rides, you get 500. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, well, I think... I uh, get sidetracked a lot. My bad. Me and you both, I... I don't know. I just I just like to drive with no... With no manager, like, you know, on top of me. Just, you know, making sure that I'm doing my job and stuff like that. Yeah. I think it's... I think for anybody who, who doesn't like to be you know, in an office environment or uh, any type of environment where there's a boss, right? They're staring, you know, breathing down your neck and, you know, just micromanaging, you know, trucking is a good spot for you, especially if, you know, you're a good driver, though. <laughs> you don't get anxious, though, because you're entrepreneurial and you're probably always thinking, oh, what if? What about this idea, this business idea? What about this? Because that would happen to me. You're driving and and you love the income and and whatnot, right? And the freedom, but then you get ideas and then you're like, I kind of want to go back home and get started on this, or you find yourself trying to write it down. You know, you don't feel that it takes time from other dreams or other goals. Yeah, um, you have to write things down. You have to write things down. So yeah, you don't get sidetracked and stuff and. For the most part, I'm able to, you know, handle all those uh, those ideas and stuff like that while I'm driving. 
Um, so I, I don't I don't get sidetracked, you know what I mean? So that I don't lose focus when I'm out there on the road and stuff, because I know that um, that I need to I need to have all my attention on driving because it's it is a dangerous job. It could it's it's actually an easy job, but if you're not a good driver, it's it's very dangerous. And so yeah, it could change your life and and end someone else's. Yeah, yeah. Look at what happened with that Colorado case. Just like that, everything could change. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I have to stay focused. Yeah, no, I have to stay focused. Uh, I think that it's very important that, you know, if you're a driver and you you have uh, issues on your mind, like at home and stuff like that, I think that that's where I get that one saying where it says there's a time and place for everything. And so because uh, if you bring what you got at home out to the field, you know, you could very well take a right turn like a car. And you could just destroy everything to the right of you, you know, on that corner. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Oh, has that ever happened to you? You forgot you were hauling something? It happened to me once, and that shit was scary as fuck. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? Yeah. Nothing like that? Um, I, when I started, when I first started, yeah, mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a car that I almost took out. Um, I made the turn like if I was driving a car. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the car that I almost took out was, well, when I made the left, I was making a left, and I was in Pennsylvania, and I was barely starting off, and so when I made the left, I made it exactly like how I would do it in a car. Took the <laughs> left lane instead of the far right, <laughs> but and um, when I looked into the mirror to see, make sure I wasn't gonna hit anything or anything like that, because you know, yeah, when you're driving, you're starting, you you always make sure that you made the turn. And right when I was making the turn, the the back of the wheels were gonna just run over a little car, and I stopped, and the trainer was in back so in the, in the back sleeping, and he, he woke his ass up. Well, he fell out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he fell out the bed, and uh, luckily I caught it in time. But yeah, it could have been it could have been much. Much worse. Yeah. That's one way to, one scenario of forgetting. But what about after a long shift? Has this ever happened to you? You get in your personal vehicle and it's automatic. At least mine was, right? And then you go to release the brakes. You you never done that? You mm. never work so long that you're like, you don't know where you're in? No. Or you want to put the clutch, you know, and it's an automatic? No. No. Damn, no. I guess I was a chucho. Oh, Chicho. No, that never happened to me. Luckily, I never, I never, I never went through that. But I did, uh, I did have a Mustang that was manual and I got rid of it r- real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the last thing you want to do is be in a truck all day switching gears and, you know, when you're ready to go home, you're stuck in traffic and switch more gears. Yeah. How do you feel about driving automatic trucks? Uh, there's a lot of stuff um, that reminded me of this that. There's this ego or this whole, like, you're not a badass or a real trucker if you don't, if you have an automatic. Mm-hmm. Do you give a fuck if it's automatic or not? Um, I think that, it, I think, I'm new to all the automatic. Yeah. Okay. Have I, you driven one? Yeah, the one yeah. I have right now is automatic. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, Tell us about that. It's, it's, it's one less thing to worry about. Yeah. When, you know, in this day and age, you're... You have so many ideas and so many things to worry about, you know, gas, inflation, you know, the war, people dying, people, you know, you then, when you see the news, you know, it's depressing. And so I think having one less thing to think about 
mm. it's better. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's, it, it really is though. It really is. There, you get, you have to get used to it because I mean, it's very slow to start. You know, you can't take off fast. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I heard it's bad for bumping dogs. The the reverse is like instant, like pa. Like you gotta watch out if you're backing into a dock. Is that true? It's true, but you 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 end up getting the hang of it. Yeah, you end up getting the hang of it. Yeah. So now you know you gotta step on that brake a little more or yeah. something, right? Yeah. At least slowly. Well, you get that from a lot of older cats that tell you all that. They say, they say that, ah, I don't like that, I don't like it. And then they give you 10 reasons why not to like it, and they try to make you not like it. And They don't take the time to let it, you know, to, to, to adapt to it. Yeah, to learn to it, yeah. Would you go back then if you could? Like, hey, hey a, new, a new truck just came in, it's stick shift, do you want to switch? You're not like... I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. Oh, okay. Yeah, I wouldn't care. Uh, if they put me on a stick shift, then whatever. I didn't ask for the automatic. I had a manual one before. Yeah. And then they they gave me another one. And so, I, I mean, I don't care for I don't. It really doesn't bother me. But I, if I had to choose, if they told me, hey, you got to choose, then automatic. Why do you think some people talk shit about it? Is it really that serious, you think? Or is that just their personal problem? Like machismo or... You know a, what I mean? I have a couple of friends that give me crap about that all the time. Oh, he drives a drives a automatic. He, what does he know? But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's just them giving you crap. I don't know. I don't. I don't see the point. I never felt much. I never liked that word about machismo because mm-hmm. it doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. If I see something that you know that I don't mind doing or whatever, like say for example, like oh, you gave your son a kiss or you're, you know what I mean that, or you know. I don't mind doing that in public. No, I don't mind that either. It doesn't bother. None of that bothers me. I don't like for people to label me anything. And then I didn't get that in public, from what I remember. <laughs> so, just want to give what I would have wanted. Yeah. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, but as far as I don't have no preference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, standard or automatic. It doesn't bother me. Hey, what does machismo mean to you anyways? Because maybe I have the wrong idea of it. I think it's the like the whole manhood mentality, like it has to be this way. And I'm not open to anything different than what I know or like the traditional or like the man has to be this. Or, or... I think they're false. It's, it's, not, it's, you know, when you pull down, when you when you get out of your truck and you put and you uh, you're rolling down your landing gear, do you wear gloves? Sometimes. Why? I want to keep my hands clean, and I don't give a fuck if they talk shit that it's not manly. Yeah. You know, because I go and and touch my girl with those hands. Like I I go touch my daughter with those hands. I go touch my son. Like hug them with those hands. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And. And context matters for all you fucking perverts out there. <laughs> I know what I meant. <laughs> but, you know what I mean? So, yeah, see, yeah, I wear gloves. Me too. Me too. There's a lot of people that I know that don't. And they don't wash their hands to the end of the day. Hmm. I don't know. That's what I think machismo is. It's, okay. it's, it's, it's In a sense, it's caring what others will think. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I and think so. And trying to seem hard. Yeah. I'm tough. Look at my hands. They're all greasy, bro. You're a little bitch. You got clean hands. Yeah. I don't see no dirt under your fingernails. You're not man enough. Yeah. That's oh, what I think it okay, is. Okay, bro. Yeah. 
Yeah, you're just like, what was that all about? Why, why I do? guess I like men too. <laughs> why did I? Why? Why? Why are you even bringing it up? Yeah. Look at your hands, all clean. Look at those fingertips. The cleaner to stick it up your ass. Yeah. Nah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Um. Yeah, well, getting serious now. Um. Yeah, machismo. Well, it's just adopting the beliefs and from the past from and they're handed down to you from someone that believes them it's all down to beliefs yeah right like i keep bringing up this book and i need to read it again the los cuatro acuerdos by don miguel ruiz uh-huh. if anyone has machismo deep in deeply embedded in their dna that book might help you could help for a lot of things yeah and no i'm not sponsored by Don Miguel Ruiz. <laughs> I just find in, um, self-improvement books really... I love that shit. Yeah. You know? But do you have any books you recommend? Or any quotes? Um, I don't... I like to, I like to hear things. Okay. I like to read things and stuff like that. But it's not... I don't use anything that I read or anything that I hear like for my own personal life. You know, I go based off of the experience and my past and stuff like that. Okay. And so if I want to do something, I never let anybody influence me to make any decision. Nobody, nobody, nobody that influences what I decide to do or anything like that. But the decisions you make are based on how you were brought up and that belief system. So you wouldn't be open to see another way. Not that that means having to become what you read. Mm-hmm. But just being open to like, what if I don't have it figured out on this aspect? That makes sense to me now. And just taking what works for you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Because you could never stop learning. I think there's always something you could take from every experience and every book or every quote. Yeah. It's not necessarily that they're telling you how to live. Mm-hmm. You take what works for you. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, um, yeah. Like I said, I like to listen to them. Yeah, you know, I have no problem listening to things like that. You know, um, but I've never, I've never read anything to where it inspired me to do something. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some people that overdo it. There, one thing would be motivation, motivational, mm-hmm. but you don't want to be a motivational idiot. Like you put this quote, but you're not really about that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, I've never done anything like that. Let's crush it, guys. Let's go kill it. Yeah. You post that. You fucking, you know you didn't give it your all that day. Like, why do you do that to yourself? You know, like yeah. putting a front that you're something you're not. Yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I think I just, I just, I think I just like to help people. I, I think I, I think moving into the future, I would like to help my community out a little bit more. Yeah. You know. We got to start with yourself. Yeah. Definitely. You can't give back if you don't got nothing to give. Well, I think if you're in a position to give back, then you're then you're most likely in a position to, you know, to help. Yeah. Or, wait a minute, I think I said that wrong. I think if, if you're in a position to give, you do have something worth, you know, worth it. Oh, maybe your time. Yeah, time. I think that, uh, I think the, I think everybody should give back a lot more than what they're, than what they're currently doing right now. Yeah. It might be like we're stuck just chasing that we, like whatever little we get is like this, you know, the fist, the close fist. Yeah. 
and through my latest, my first, um, I had a, I'm not ready to talk about it yet, but I had an experience, you know, and through a, another trucker friend that I just literally met through the Instagram, you know? Yeah. And um, you know who you are. Thank you for introducing me to that experience. And then through that, I met this person that at the end of that experience, he said something that stuck with me. Like a lot of times we want to receive blessings or whatever. And we get a little bit of it, but we do this. We close our fists because we, we're just so used to not getting or not having things, right? So we close our fist and the minute we do that, we just block all the other blessings that are coming because there's your hands aren't open to receive them. Yeah. So basically what I'm trying to say is the more you get, the more you should give. Yeah. And keep it going. Keep that hand open. Yeah. It comes, you know, proportional. You get more, you give more. Yeah. But sometimes you get more and then you're like, okay, I think you want to keep the giving lower, mm-hmm. keep the receiving higher. Yeah. I don't know if I'm all over the place. No, I understand. The main point is the more you give, the more you get, the more you give. Yeah. That's why, like, you keep getting blessed. If I just believe that now. like You know what I mean? Yeah. Moving forward, I think I want to I wanna give a lot more to the community because I'm not saying I'm blessed to where I could do that, but I think there's ways of figuring things out on how you can be of service to, to the community and stuff like that because uh, I think... Uh, a life of service is way better than any other life that you can possibly think of. When you give something to someone that's, you know, either poor or, or just they need that information, like, for their head, they're not right and stuff like that, I think that's the ultimate goal for me moving forward because um, if uh, if I can't help you out with something like uh, getting you a job or, or making you realize that this is the best decision for you, then I want to help out the community as, like, a, Maybe like, you know, uh, just anything that I can think of. Like, um, I've had a couple ideas about like nonprofits and stuff like that. Maybe, you know, uh, nothing in writing yet. I've, I've ran this idea with a couple people and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's not for sure. Any, nothing's in stone yet. But maybe in the future, I'm thinking about doing a nonprofit for people who are at a disadvantage to, to. Okay, so like in the Mexican culture or in the Hispanic culture, Latino culture, I'm not sure if. Uh, Central Americans do this and stuff like that, but I know yeah. in the Mexican culture we have quinceañeras, right? Yeah, and I know that's that's something huge. And um, I know that uh, if you're 14, you either want to have a quinceañera or a sweet 16, right? Yes. And so the the things that I was thinking about when I say uh, giving back more to the community is maybe even providing like you know the food for them, you know, because not everyone's in a, in a in a situation where they can get the dj or the banda or they gotta the get food. the padrinos the padrinos right? right padrinos for everything yeah yeah it's bigger the list of padrinos bigger than the guest list sometimes yeah you know what i mean yeah but even then it's like you know you can't get a hall so you do it at your home yeah or you can't get a banda so you get a dj or you can't get the food so you order pizza you know what i mean like mm. i'm pretty sure nobody would want uh to have a quinceanera with little caesar's pizza boxes right so mm-hmm. i think uh, even if they got like a taquero like me to go out and provide a service for free then you know that that could be a way of giving back so i mean like i said it's nothing in stone yeah, but yeah. maybe in the future i could see myself doing something like that 
I'm erasing your strike because I just did it right now. Okay. <laughs> just banged on the table, man. <sighs> but yeah, you said um, that reminded me of a quote. I've always got these fucking quotes again. No. But you know, like when you started talking about that, the the purpose of life is a life of purpose. Yeah. Huh? You like that one? Ah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. I want to make sure I said it before we moved on. Makes me feel smart. <laughs> you are. You are. <laughs> you are. Let me see. So, tell me about the taco side of things. I want to keep it balanced. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. We'll go back to tacos. What's up with that? How is that? Like, you're doing trucking. You're doing tacos. You never thought, like, you're splitting your your power like putting energy in trucking or have you ever thought of like just going all in and trucking or going all in and tacos like or you what's your plan you're gonna do both forever what's what's that look like well ideally i'd 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 always want to be a truck driver always something that i like to do and i can do it good you know i'm pretty sure Every truck driver out there is looking at this or hearing this is saying, there's nobody that could back up better than me. Than me, huh? Or nobody Can could do it. Can you blindside a nobody. 20-footer container? Can you blindside a 20-foot container? Right? Can you? I don't know if I can. I never I never did a 20. But ah. yeah, I've only did 53. And so I'm saying it's like, I could do it good. You know, I don't have to be better than anybody else. I just have to go out there and do my job. So um, as far as me thinking about ever leaving trucking, I don't think so. You know what I mean? As now, as far as being a taquero full time, I don't ever think I could do that either. Full time, no. That's just the way it is then. 50-50. Yeah, 50-50. With the taco side of things, is there a business partner or is it all you as well? No, it's uh, me and my wife. Oh, okay. Yeah. My wife was, um, she used to sell tacos. Uh, her dad used to sell tacos from their from their house in Compton. And so um, he was kind of labeled as like the taco king back in back in the days. Yeah, hey, all the taco people right now, they're punching the air, bro. They're like, uh-huh. I'm pretty sure they could vouch for him. They're like, nah, I'm the taco king. Yeah. Yeah. And so... uh, Beefing it with King Taco? Ah, King Taco. Overrated or underrated? Um, Over (laughs) and under. Ah. Yeah. I have no problem with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. Did you know that they don't give you lemons? I can't, I can't fuck with that Limes? I gotta have that The lime? Yeah, I gotta have that Lemon or lime, I don't mind Right Just need that tanginess Yeah That, that you know, that little That has that little touch Yeah That's me being salt bay with the lemon mm. Yeah So, um uh, it, It's me and her It's me and my wife Um She wanted to do a business she wanted to go into business uh, selling tacos again. And so I said, well, do you know if your dad's going to want to help you out? You know, because he was retired already. 
And so he was retired and living in Mexico. And so when we thought of this idea, we asked him, and he's like, hey, do you think, uh, you know, in Spanish, because he speaks Spanish. So, and we asked him if he was willing to help us out, make a, make, you know, start the business up again. He was all like, yeah. And we were all like, you sure? Like, you know, you're, you know, you don't need to. Like, well, he's, he's retired. Yeah. Living in Mexico. So we asked him, and he said, yeah. And so, um, we started up this uh, business again, and we were m- lucky, blessed, blessed enough to get all his uh, customers back, you know? And so they remember him, and they go to him because, you know. How long ago was this? This is when I saw that post when you got the new trailer? Prior. Prior. Two years prior. Was that your first trailer? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. How did you start though? We like, started just we we um well so okay so like when we asked him if he was gonna be able to help us out you know start this business uh, taco business he's all like yeah so as soon as he got here we went full throttle we made a carreta which is you know the equivalent to just like a taco a little taco stand whatever you know and uh, carreta is that aluminum cart that you put the propane under yeah and then you cook on top of it yeah and you scrape all the the burnt stuff off. I see us. Yeah, so we made one of those and we started selling just everywhere. Everywhere until, you know. Hold up, you made it. Those are handmade or what? Those are handmade. My father-in-law had made that. Yeah. He he, he had a welder, and but it's all my father-in-law's idea. Like, you know, from... It matters the type of metal and all that shit. Yeah, yeah. They they know what metal it is. I don't, I really don't know. Uh, I just went and bought the stuff. But it was, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, he had made several before. And so when we made the carreta, we were all like, well, we're, we're, what are we going to do? And so we're, we're going to sell. <laughs> okay, well, how are we going to get back to customers? And so when he was in business, there was no social media. There was not even smartphones, you know. And so thanks to social media, we're able to post pictures of him. We're able to spread the word. And luckily in the community of... Uh, in the Paramount community and Compton community, there's a, they remember him. Yeah, they remember him. So we were able to put that together and get back a lot of his customers. And slowly, slowly, we're getting them all back. There's, there's a lot more to go, a lot more of them to go. Because he used to sell from his house in Compton. And so, um, I mean, he used to sell as much as three to 400 pounds of meat just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh, fuck. That's a lot of fat tacos or a lot of... You know, skimp, skimpy tacos. It depends. That's a lot of meat. Hooked up. Hooked up. Yeah, so, I mean, when you see those numbers and you know the amount of customers that he used to have, then you just, you know that you can do it. It's possible. Yeah. So, how does that go, that process, though, like... it's like trucking probably you got to keep up with everything like if you stop obviously everything stops so but the taco stuff sounds a little more stressful like i gotta have the someone that that'll cut that'll chop up the the onion someone all, all those you know the when you have those on a tray you pick your cilantro you pick your this and that the salsas you're not buying all that shit. You're probably making it, mm-hmm. all the salsa. So what's that schedule like? Your wife does that at night. Then in the morning, you separate everything. And what happens with the old salsa? Right. Well, tell us. Tell us. 
I'm, I've always, I'll tell you what I'm curious about, but keep going. All right. Yeah. Well, it, you know, when, when I got introduced to the way they make tacos, I, I was, I was blown. I was like, what? How do they do this? Huh? It's way different. I've never had this type of taco. You know, when you go like to King Taco, you're used to like cilantro and onion, white onion and, uh, you know, green sauce, red sauce, and then just, you know, meat. I call it the popcorn meat, you know, the the meat that's not made on, you know, the mesquite, over mesquite, right? Because that's the way that the Sinaloa taco is. You you barbecue it. It has to be bien asada, mm. you know? And so, and it's a certain type of meat. You know, it's not like, you know, ranchera or diez mil. No, it has to be chuck roll. And so everything is made fresh daily. And so nothing is ever taken to the next day. And that's their style, you know, everything. Is that is that a risk? Like, you invest, you have to know your numbers then, because if you invest, you're not going to invest in 400 pounds of meat at this stage, because then what would happen? You, you, you're going to lose. And some people, I, I'm thinking, this is just me, I don't know about the industry, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. But if your business is the money you get from selling that meat, you're not going to want to throw it away if you didn't sell it all in one day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I always trip out, like, I hope I'm not eating old meat. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I think that um, at first, when we started, we never want to overbuy anything, especially meat. You always want to sell out. You never want to, you never want to have anything for the next weekend or anything like that. So you always sell out. You always start off small. And if you smell out, if you sell out that day, then you sold out. And if there's 20 people, 30 people, that's it. You're done for the day. You don't have a runner? Like, hey, go get 10 more pounds. We've, we've more, done that. More people showed up. Let's go. We've done that. We still do that. And uh, we'll we'll go buy some more meat. But most of the time, no. We'll, we'll sell overwhelming. Out. Yeah, we'll sell out for the rest yeah. for the day. Just put up your sold out sign. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. Now you know you got to be earlier. Yeah. This shit is fire. You <laughs> missed out, homie. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. Thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what I say in my head. Yeah. Okay. That's all perspective. Yeah. So, why do you think some people stay with the, see, they start with the carreta like you, right? Then there's the, the trailer, yeah. like the mobile, the food truck. Yeah. What's the difference with like the actual, forgive the way I say it, this is how we know it, the, the roach coach uh-huh. versus the the trailer? Uh-huh. Are there levels or roach coach and the actual trailer that you tow around, it's the same shit, just the cost wise or? Yeah, I think that, um... You know, the Roach Coach is with the, you know, it has the engine, right? And uh, we went with one that didn't have an engine. So it's, uh, oh, it's a big all? difference. I think it's like a $100,000 difference. Oh, okay. Yeah. Those, 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 uh, the ones with the engine, they can go up to like 140 to 180. As opposed to ours, it's, it could be like 60 to 70 to 80. Maybe cheaper. Just depends mm-hmm. on how big you want it and what you want inside. Hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's best for for there to be no engine because I always see them breaking down and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and I, that's not something that I want. I'd ra- I'm more I'm more of a, I'd rather have a car that's in good condition that can haul that than to than to not know what I'm doing. Like I've always wondered too. Like when I see those, I'm like, what what is it? Is it a Ford? Is it a Chevy? I don't mm-hmm. know. How am I you know, how am I supposed to know? I I can fix Chevy. Mm-hmm. Maybe even some Ford, 
but if it's an international or I don't know what could, what what the other possibilities are because I've never seen any logos on it. Okay, so just seeing the the trailer or the actual Roach Coach, it's not a you can't eyeball it and be like, oh, that guy's doing better because he has one with an engine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. It's just your style, I guess. Yeah. And yeah. if you're stationary or not, probably. Yeah, right? I, I think everybody gets what they can afford. Mm. Yeah, and the one that I got, I could afford it. So obviously, I'm not going to go for a $180,000 uh, lunch truck. It yeah. doesn't make any sense. How long is it going to take for you to actually get that back? You know, that's what I am. That's what I'm about. Mm-hmm. What about um, as far as the menu goes? Do you think there's a strategy to it? Like the simpler, the better? And how do you remember to always keep the same flavor? Like what's the secret to that? Yeah. Because you might have a taco here one day and then tomorrow it tastes different because, I don't know, there's got to be something to it, like a tactic. Like This is the way we make them. This is our signature touch. Yeah. Your, your menu is pretty simple or do you have variety? Like It's simple. It's simple. And um, I think it's, I think it's worked out for 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 us that way, because we only sell two types of meats. We sell asada and we sell tripa, but the variety of ways that we, you know, concoct those things are it's it's a lot. Because I mean, there's the taco, and then there's a quesadilla, and there's a vampiro, there's a molita. I like molita. You like it? Yeah. We just started selling those. Um, I think for the most part, it was always just a vampiro without the, without the top of the, the tortilla, the top of it. Mm. And then there's a papa loca, and then there's a torito, and then um, there's doradas, and then you know there's just different ways that you can do it with, with what those two meats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's simpler. You could, just more ways of you can eating it than to have every single meat you know that's that that's never been something that i think they wanted do you think the next step is like an actual restaurant or some people just choose to stay like stationary with the lunch truck Mm -hmm. some people are better off with that versus the other overhead what are your plans well um i think that um you know the lunch truck is something that happened to a lot of people because of covid I know a lot of people with restaurants who have who it wasn't working out for them, so they made so they, you know, bought a lunch truck and put it right outside the restaurant. Because that's dining out, right? Yeah, outside dining. Just put it right outside the restaurant. Hmm. You know. You know what's even what's crazier? What I heard is uh, online restaurants. Yeah. Whatever the fuck is that the right way? Is it like Uber? Like Uber Eats? This is the scenario. I think DJ Khaled talked about it on on a podcast. I forgot. This is what I remember. Like you, you take advantage of the pandemic because everyone's eating out, right? Yeah. Um, take or even takeout. So, you do these businesses, uh, these restaurants. It's one building, but within that building, you own that, right? Mm-hmm. Within that building, you have three types of restaurants. You have Indian food, you have Chinese food, you have Mexican food, mm-hmm. right? All of those are your business. So when you sign up with DoorDash and all of that, mm-hmm. it's still. You're still selling all that just under different names. And there's no specific, there's no location for the restaurant. It's yeah. just all cooked in that building. Yeah. And it's takeout. Yeah. That's genius. Yeah. All those ideas crossed through my mind. <laughs> yeah. 
But um, see what I mean? Like we we never we always find a way. So it's just knowing the current situation and how can I offer a solution. That I think that's all that business is offering someone a solution. Yeah, we follow we 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 follow online uh, businesses only. And yeah. We we purchase from them and we eat it. We enjoy it. We post it up on our Instagram. You know, we let our followers know too. You know, it's we've never. We we're, we're we're supporters of small business as well. Like you know, in the commissary that we work at, where we park our truck at, there's uh there's different a lot of different trucks and stuff like that. Sushi, hamburgers, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. You know you know what's hitting right now a lot is the hibachi. Okay. And so we we see those, and we go and we 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 go to their businesses too, and we eat there too. You know because you know we're big food fans too. You know okay. so we want to. So we want to support local businesses as well, especially if you know they're parking ten feet away from us or stuff, something like that. But There's no envidia in the in the in the industry. Like, what if another taquero parks across the street? Is that are you gonna beef it or whoa, are there certain you know, not politics, but you know what I mean? Como corre el agua ahí? I think, I think for you to take the next step, I think okay. So like say for example, if you have a lunch truck. Like, say, for example, you don't go and buy a lunch truck hoping that you're going to get customers. You got to build, you got to start small and you got to build a base, you know, you got to build, you know, you got to get your customers. I think when you're at that mm. point to buy the lunch truck. You buy it because you need it. You're growing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think that um, if a lunch truck parked next to us, I don't think there's going to be anything, any, any, uh, any beef. Why? Because they have their own, they have their own customers. You know what I mean, and so we have our own customers. And at the end of the day, your your quality will. It's if you lose all your customers to the one next door, there's something to learn from them, right? Who's cooking all that asada? What's up? What's your recipe? Right. Yeah, no, we 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 have our own customers. We're at, we're actually on a where we're at on Alondra. There's no one all the from the seven ten at Atlantic. All the way to like Alameda, we're the only people on the laundry. And so, I mean, we welcome anybody that can go and whatever, you know, we don't care. But, you know, down Atlantic, from Alondra all the way to Compton, there's... There's a lot of guys that make, uh, I don't know if they make a living or that's a hobby or whatever, but they go and review these food trucks. Yeah. Like, and I'm sure there's a hefty fee for that sometimes. Yeah. So... Have you ever reached out to anyone? You don't got to mention names, but is that a thing? People it, that, that review your food for a fee? It or, is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Some people charge and some Ooh. people, you know, contact you and, you know. Hey, I could do this for you. Yeah. Have you gotten any quotes? Um. Yeah. What's the highest? I think the highest was like a thousand. A thousand? Yeah. And why? How many followers did they have or was it because... They were gonna do a video for you. What were you get? What was the value for you? I never, I never, I never hit anybody. I never did it. But what was, what would have been the value that you were seeking by talking to them? Um, I mean, I've asked, like, hey, you know, do you do any collabos and stuff? And they're all like, yeah. And then they send me a price, and I'm like, I didn't know they were doing it for money. Mm. <laughs> Honestly, I had no idea, and so. Um, the ones with a lot of followers, you know, you do have something to gain from from having them, you know, go to your, go and try out some of your food and stuff like that. But um, 
I think we were lucky enough to have already a fan base without all that. Like your food sells itself. Yeah. 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 My father-in-law did a great job at what he used to do. And um, when they when when the customers found out that we were, we were back in business, they just started flooding. They just started showing up deep, sometimes all at the same time, you know, where we'd have a line out to, you know, to the corner, wrapped around the corner. And so, like I said, I mean, yeah, if you want to start your own business, you go go ahead and do so. But, you know, start small. Don't go straight for the stars because, you know, what they say, like 90% of businesses that start fail the first year. Yeah. So this year would be, I'm coming up on a year, actually. You can't buy your way in, then. You can't buy. Then, I mean, it has to be top notch. You could buy a nice truck all decked out. Your food is whack. Yeah. The Carreta guy sells out fast. Yeah. Yeah. The Carretas, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, we're lucky enough to where we make really good tacos and stuff like that where they keep on coming back. I mean... You're making me want to go try them. Dude, let's do a, a shout-out for your business. Where can where can they go? Oh. The people right here in SoCal. Well, um, the Instagram account is me... No, the Instagram account is Taqueria Milindo Mazatlan. Mm-hmm. And um and that's on the Instagram account. So and the nearest cross street around here? It's it would be Alondra and Easy, um close to like Alondra and Bullis, Alondra and Long Beach. Every day, what's the schedule like? Saturday and Sunday, for now only. So so. Oh okay. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. We only work Saturdays. Evenings. Morning. Evenings. Yeah, from four twenty. Ah, four twenty. To ten con hambre. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come have come have some tacos with us. We're we're there. We'll be there every Saturday and Sunday. Ahí nadie los quita. We actually park. The reason why we're 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 one of the only ones right there in that whole stretch of laundry is because in Compton they're very strict. So if you're on the streets in Compton, you have to move every thirty minutes. But since right, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, luckily enough, where we're at, I own that property. So, oh, we, we, you know that restaurant that's right there. It was a fish restaurant before that. That belongs to us. So mm. we're able to park on the property right there. But I don't even honestly. I don't think there's any other in Compton. Compton. I don't think there's any other lunch trucks. That's a big. Because who would want to work in Compton if you have to move every three minutes? How would you? Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. It it'd be an inconvenience. How do you feel though with the crime rate coming up and there's all these all these robberies and shit like that? Do you think that accepting uh, operating like on a cashless basis is, is is technology is able to give you that opportunity, right? Like the Cash App, Zelle, all that. I know the lunch truck down the street here. He takes Zelle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But that's always a risk, right? Like you never worry you might get jacked. You know what I mean? Because if it's cash money, then yeah, you have to you have to think about those things and stuff like that, and you have to think of ideas on how to be you know smarter. You have to outsmart the the bad guys all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, it's always on my mind. It's always on my mind. It's, all, it's always been on my mind. Growing up in LA, you know, you gotta always watch your back, right? Yeah. And so yeah, I mean, it's always a risk, but you know, we're willing to take it. Food trucks have cameras now. Some of them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I have cameras. Yeah. I have cameras on the property. He has cameras. 
Just saying. I'll try it. <laughs> and a little something, something. Yep. Perhaps. Remember, I'm on my property. I'm not on the street. Remember that shit. <laughs> I think you're in a good position. Yeah. You get creative with that lot. You could do a lot. Yeah. Oh shit! I'm about to start spitting. <laughs> you created with that lot. You could do a lot. Yeah. Damn. Anything else you want to add about tacos? I I, I think I'm gonna upset some people out there. I, I don't. I ran out of questions for the taco life. So yeah. What else can you tell me? That something interesting that people f that don't do taquerias might not know. Um. Fun fact. Um. I would say um. I don't know. I just, uh, it's very interesting. It's very interesting to see my family work when they're doing tacos. You know, they, they, my father-in-law loves what he does, right? He's only had one job all his life and that's making tacos. And so when he wakes up, like, you know, loving to do what he does every single day. I'm not going to lie. It sounds like it would get boring. Right? Tortilla, salsa, carne. Order number, blah, blah, blah. Next. Tortilla, carne, salsa. Here, <laughs> I know why. Now I just seen something. I just, okay, so when you said that, I. it's all the same people. They go, they go. We hardly see any new faces. And if we do see any new faces, they become, they become the same faces that we see all the time. Mm -hmm. So... It's like it's 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 a, it's that satisfaction that that you get when you when you make something good and they keep on coming back and they keep on coming back or they say or we see a new face and you know he's the one that's hey, uh, tal Talital told me about this spot you know he sent me over here and I think that's what gives him that's what makes him that's his motivation mm -hmm. yeah what's your motivation well you said your family earlier but when you're out there helping them what do you do when you go in there um, I'm on the grill. On the grill? Yeah. Okay. I just asar la carne. Yeah. I make the vampiros and I do uh, the choreadas. Um, I do uh, the toreados, the, the chile toreados. <laughs> Forgive me, when you said choreadas, automatically I thought about Taco Bell. Oh, yeah? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind, right? Yeah. The... Just pancakes. So chorreadas, tell me more about that. What 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 the fuck? What is that? Chorreadas. Uh, chorreada is um. It's... Why would you use that name? Let's see if that if you could do that name a good, uh, justice. Yeah. Right? Chorreadas. Well, it, see the. A chorreada is basically um, it's asiento de puerco. What's asiento de puerco? Asiento de puerco. It's like you know how when they make chicharrón. Yeah. And, um, well, the pork grains, right? Yeah, and so todo lo, de, lo que sobra, lo de abajo, whatever falls to the bottom of the cazuela, that's called asiento de porco. Oh, okay, so they get that and they uh, they, they, they get that and they freeze it and they do their process. I don't know exactly how they do it, but that's exactly what they, what they smother the choreada with, mm. and so you get that flavor. It's like a, a pop, a, like a mm. very flavorful. Uh, it's like all the residue of the previously cooked pork meat, whatever little tiny bits and pieces are left on that grill, mm -hmm. and they go on that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that must that sounds like it would have a distinctive taste. It does. It yeah. does. Yeah, it tastes really good. Probably a little burnt, a little like like crispy, like chicharrón. Yeah. 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 You get that flavor. 
So that's all it is? That's all it is. It's a choreada. It's, it's what makes the choreada. Is it on a tortilla? Is it on a... It's like on a gordita. Oh, okay. Yeah, like on a gordita. Mm. And then you put cheese on it, and then you put the, the asiento. They call it asiento. They call it... um. They call it some other word. I forget the name of it. But it's asiento de porco, yeah. Mm. yeah. I remember it. I remember now. Tripas. I like tripas, bro. Uh-huh. I never... You know, cause it's funny because I'm... I'm picky, like I won't eat no I never even tried it, so uh sesos, you know? Oh okay. Uh lengua. Uh-huh. It just sounds weird to me. Ew, I'm not gonna eat a lengua. Yeah. I'm not gonna eat a tongue. Yeah. And then you see the tongues, they're fucking huge. It's like rat a kiss, you know? Like <laughs> I'm eating that. Yeah. Or but there's a process to it, right? Yeah. But but either way I'm not interested at the moment. But tripas, I don't eat that, but I'm down for tripas, you yeah. know? So I don't know what it is about tripas, you know. Yeah. But what's the process with tripas? Do you buy them like the whole and in- tripas in English is intestines, right? Beef cuts. Beef cuts. Okay, that, that sounds nicer. Yeah, beef cuts. But it is the gut. Beef cuts. You yeah. said beef guts. Yeah. Okay. So, is there poop in them? In the in the intestines? No. No. Why do some people say that they're, they're, they're sometimes, oh, they're at this spot, they're full of poop, or is it, what the fuck is that? Is that a myth? Um, what are they confused that's inside of them, like little black pieces of something? I don't know. I, I've, I've, never, I've never had, the way my father-in-law makes them is, is that he cleans them. What is there to clean? Um, poop. And they, they clean the poop. It's a... Like that. It's like that film. It's like a film. Because oh. it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not colon. You're not serving colon. <laughs> you know? Cáigale, cáigale los taquitos de colon. Toquita, <laughs> un taquito de culito, dos por uno. Right? Yeah, it's not colon. You're it's not, not colon. Yeah, okay. it's not that, it's not the lower half of your colon where all the poop is at. <laughs> Guys, we could try them now. Yeah. I mean, you could try them. It's intestine, it, right? Your intestine, you know, the food goes down here, your intestine, and it goes all the way down to where it, the very, very bottom of it. It's you not, stop right before the colon. Yeah, you don't have that. We're not serving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so they get cleaned prior to them being cooked. And then being, a, you know, we, 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 we put them on a grill. How does that process go? You go buy them cut up already or... Well, you get a you, whole colon. You get a whole colon. See what you made me do? You get a whole tripa. He said it wasn't colon. <laughs> Got him. Got him. You, you get a whole tripa. You get a yeah. whole tripa and you cook it and you and then you you put it on the, on the grill. Oh, so you buy them by the tripas. Like yeah. one intestine, obviously, per animal, duh. But yeah. you and buy them in portions. Yeah. And let me get let me get three intestines. It's or, beef, too. Huh? It's beef. Okay. A lot of people think it's a uh, pig. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, not, okay. Yeah. The, if you literally got a tripa, the pig, it would... It would only be like a couple pounds, hmm. as opposed to a cow. It could be—I don't even know—heavy. Yeah. It'd be a lot of pounds. Yeah, the pig doesn't work out for many things yeah. other than carnitas. Mm-hmm. See, it wouldn't work for tripas, uh, tacos, and it doesn't work for a heart transplant. No, some guy got a heart transplant. He died like two weeks after. So they already tried that. Yeah. So the pigs are useless. Yeah. No, it's, it's sorry, Charlotte's web creator. But anyway, yeah, we get a See, lot. Of, I told you I go all over the fucking place. So where were we? The the tripa, the tripa, yeah, yeah the tripa. It's um, 
we do it we we when we do our tripa the right before it goes into your taco we grill it and um that's what everyone loves i love the crispiness crispiness yeah uh, we get a lot of older cats a lot of old your deal your grandpa your dad we get a lot of them huh the young the young folk don't seem to care for it much but it's the older folk that know you know and they know what it you know what it's all about it's just one of those things that I wouldn't buy at any lunch truck. I don't know why. Uh, I don't know where you're getting it from. I actually uh, encourage anybody out there that's listening to this to go try anybody else's tripa tacos and then come here to us. No, you don't want that. You know why? Because if they have that bad experience, they'll never get to you. They're just going to go, tripa suck. Ah. So let them start here and start them off right. All right. So I encourage anybody that had a bad tripas in their life to come here and try them now. Yeah. Or you want to start your tripa journey with the right ones? With the right ones. Yeah. yeah. But I might go try them today from his specific spot. And I'll let you guys know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give them the update. It, they, it actually is it's the first thing to sell out. Mm. Yeah. You're on today? Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to make it today. Yeah. You get there Damn early. It, you got me, man. We'll sell out. <laughs> That's the first thing that goes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that three pass. You buy the intestine. Let me get three intestines. Like yeah. that. Okay. We okay. actually say we want thirty pounds, forty pounds. Oh, okay. And then they give us whatever, whatever they give us, we'll, we'll work with it. We'll clean it. And we'll we'll serve it to the uh, to the public. It's. I don't know if you noticed, but you started whispering. Yeah, I can. You know what? You got tired? No. I just hear. I just. It's, it's, these, my, it's these headphones. I could hear myself and it sounds... Do you want me to turn yours down? No, we're good. Uh, unless I am whispering. Yeah, you were. Look at what you're doing to me, homie. I got all these cuts I gotta do, man. Look at, look at what you did, man. I'm just messing with you. Save me some tripas, please. All right. <laughs> but, um, let's see, where were we? We're two hours in, bro. Oh, wow. Right? Didn't even notice. Oh, At yeah. first, we had the nervous tensions and all that. But All right. Enough about tripas? Nothing else you want to add? So we could go back in with that? Um, No, we're good. Yeah. Um, That's it. So that's enough talk about tacos, because then I'm going to want to just stop everything and go grab me some tacos. So moving on. If not in uh, in trucking or the tacos, what would you do? Uh, Let's just say something happened. You can't truck and you can't be a uh, you can't push them uh, tripas any longer. I'd probably be cutting hair. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Why that? I've done it before. Oh, okay. Yeah. How'd you learn? On your friends, like everyone does in the front porch. YouTube. Oh shit! <laughs> YouTube and a bunch of friends that were willing to yeah get if a free you, haircut. <laughs> you're good at doing the fade, huh? Mm, yeah, I was. I was prior. I was cutting hair prior to that whole lineup thing. Here yeah, in LA, you know that all the kids are doing now. They get their lineups and stuff like that. When I started, I was doing cortes regulares. You know, trimming nose hair and ear hair and. Why are you looking at me like that? Is mine showing? A little bit. <laughs> I can't see from here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. 
What about your uh, significant other? Is as like the lunch truck stuff? Is that something she wanted to do? Definitely. Yeah. 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 That's her passion. Yeah, because when she was younger, she used to work with her dad side by side. So, um, yeah. So she 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 enjoys she enjoys being there and seeing all the old faces and all the new faces, and everyone that works in that type of where you where you provide like food, you it does something to you when you see the same customers over and over again, and they never get tired of it and. You know, and they bring other people, and then those other people bring, become customers. Because we got a lot of diehards. Yeah, it's a passion. Though. Yeah, so. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to run a business um, by myself. She's definitely done a lot of things as far as, you know, permits, licenses, trips to to the to the county trips to the city you know dealing with the health and dealing with just a bunch of people that want to you know take money from you because you know you're you're legit now you know back when we had the careta you didn't pay any of that stuff you know mm. but you're running the risk of you know health showing up and taking everything from you it's a lot of risk yeah all those people out there that you see in the corners of a marketplace or, yeah. or anything they get rolled up on, city comes, health comes, health department, they show up with cops. Oh, so you can't. Mm. They all... And trash bags. And trash... You, you've seen? Yeah, I've seen some videos. That's... A shout out to Hood Santa. Oh. You, you follow him? I do, I You've heard of him? Yeah, I do. I yeah, do. so yeah, it's good what he's doing for that community, you know? What is he doing again? He exposes that, like how vendors, you know, protect our street vendors. Oh, okay. Respect the street vendors. Uh huh. If someone um, ends up getting harassed or whatever, like he puts the word out, you know, the community comes together and they bless that individual. And it just sets a good thing in motion, like leading by example. Other people are inspired to help. And yeah. I'm more aware of like conditions that vendors go through because of following him. So, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like you never know what impact. Your voice can have. Yeah. So I just got to give him his props since we're on the topic. All you right. Know? Yeah. Props I don't know him. if he's ever going to watch this, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. What's up, yeah, bro? No, I actually seen some. The only. They give a bunch of toys out, like, to. Oh, yeah. yeah. During Christmas, I think. Yeah. And so, hey, yeah. keyword Santa. Yeah, keyword Santa. Yeah. Okay. Hashtag. So if you could, if you could go back, what would you do different? Um, nothing, nothing. I, That's I've a gained, popular answer, believe it or not. I've gained so much experience and so much, you know, and so much uh, things that I've done, um, you know, the good and the bad and stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not really trying to change anything. No, okay. I'm, 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 I'm. Made you where you are today. Yeah. What did you want to be growing up? Did you always know? Yeah, I thought I was going to go into the Marines. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I thought I was that was gonna be my life, um, and what led to that? Some movie or something or family member? A family member, uh, brother-in-law's my brother-in-law's brother. He was very influential when it came to that. He used to um, he was in the Marines, and so he was a staff sergeant at the time. And he took me onto the base and showed me, 
you know, the ins and outs of things. And, you know, you know, we used to walk, I used to walk on the base with him and, you know, everyone that used to pass through him or pass by him used to stop and salute him. And, and so that was always, you know, something that I wanted to do. And so, yeah, I remember uh, always wanted to be a Marine. And then uh, one day after I graduated high school, I, I go straight to the, to where you signed up for the, to the recruiter, the yeah. recruitment. And then uh, I tell him. Pull-ups. Yeah, no, I did everything, right, past all the physicals and stuff like that, and then I never thought about it, you know, there's, a, he's all like, well, this is the list of jobs that we have available for you, after I took the test. You did the ASVAB. Yeah, and he's all like, basically, you're just going to be a killer, and I'm like, I don't apply for no other jobs other than just infantry, nope, I wasn't mm. smart enough. Mm. Nah, don't say you know, we're all smart, I think, in our own way, right? Yeah. Like all those tests and all the society's um, ways to gauge it, I think they're wrong. Because someone fabricated those tests in a way on their perception, their beliefs. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get off topic too much, but like Henry Ford didn't know everything. He just, he didn't know that much about cars. Yeah. He aligned the right people that knew about a certain thing to get his goal accomplished. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you don't have to know everything to accomplish things in life. Yeah. If that makes any sense. No, yeah. I just, I, I just, I just remember going in there and taking a test and then, you know, um, well, what I wanted to do was I wanted to, because of my other brother-in-law, he, he used to fix uh, tanks. He's a mechanic. And so I thought, you know, maybe I can do that. But, you know, that's all I qualified for. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll be back. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'll be back. And, uh, you know, I never went back, actually. And, I, you know, I just forgot about that. At least he was honest with you. Yeah. Because I, when I went and took my test, it was because I, I wanted to do um, be on the helicopters and jump out of them and do all that, you know. Uh-huh. I don't know what I think I saw Black Hawk down. I think I don't know something influenced that. I had that vision like hell yeah, jump, fuck, jump out of you know. It just sounded you know. Yeah. But then I heard their lifespan of those is a little. It's at risk because they're like a target. Like it's okay, you know. <laughs> but goddamn. Anyways, I should have experience, man. I'm 32 episodes in this bitch. Yeah. Damn. But little did I know, you know, like oh yeah, you know. The recruiter made it sound like it's possible, right? But so I went and took the ASBAB, and then they, they hit me with the oh, you qualify for uh, 13 Fox. So basically, you pro- provide the coordinates to artillery. Mm-hmm. So I think it's uh, if I remember correctly, it's infantry up front, then artillery behind them, and then me behind artillery, telling artillery ways that they can protect infantry. Mm-hmm. You know, giving coordinates to threats or whatever. I was still going to go for it, but it didn't work out because the weekend before I got shipped out to basic training, we flipped the car over or fucked it up, ended up in a ditch and it cracked my head. Mm. I never went. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got out of that. Oh, okay. It wasn't meant to be. Yeah. But you felt like you did good on the test. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you get what they offered me. Well, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah. I would say so. Not front line. You know what's funny? I wanted to be on a helicopter and I ended up on one. <laughs> just not the way I wanted. Oh, really? Because that accident, oh. I, I was airlifted. Oh, okay. So I'm like, so this is what it feels like, you know? I'm right there feeling like shit was still joking. I'm like, oh, this is not the way I wanted it to end up, but <laughs> thanks. 
Yeah. It vibrates a lot. Like, so my head was, and it's just like sheet metal. Uh-huh. You're laying on sheet metal from what I remember. Mm. And you could literally feel like your head like vibrating. Oh, okay. It's like really rough. Like, let's get you there ASAP, you yeah. know? Yeah. I just, you know, see what I mean? Selective memory. I just remember that part, like looking at the guy taking care of me. And I'm like, life is interesting. Yeah. You kind of get where you, I don't know. I don't know. To say the least, yeah. Yeah. So everything happens for a reason. Yep. That was 2004. The uh, the war was full throttle already at that point. You know what I mean? So... Man, shout out to all our troops out there. You know, thanks for everything you do. Oh yeah, definitely. I have I have uh, two nephews and uh, I have what, three nephews right now. Um, one in the Navy, one in the Marines, and one in the Army, and they're all great at what they do. Super great, super super great. They're all ahead of their time, and they all hold really good positions. Really proud of them, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities in there if you go in it for the right reasons, you know? Some people go in just to escape where they're at. You know what? A lot of people say that, you know, they don't give you a lot of opportunities, but I don't think that's true. Yeah. You know, Maybe they wanted them handed out. That's what it was. Yeah. A lot you of know? people, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Where Where do you see yourself in the next five years? That's a good question. Um, like I said, I, I see myself doing a lot of uh, nonprofit work in the future. Mm. Yeah, a lot, a lot. I just, if I if I'm in a position to do so, you you're gonna see me a lot. You're gonna see me doing a lot of stuff for for the community, for underprivileged especially. You know, um, more of the underprivileged. You know, a lot of people like to do homeless and stuff like that, but I want to help out the youth. I want to help out kids. Um, accomplish you know things that they never thought they could or or uh, you know help them out with like summer jobs or something like that or teach them a new trait like you know auto detailing or something like that or just motivate them as much as I can something that I want that uh that I can see myself doing actually yeah what do you know so far about that 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 world of nonprofits? have you done some research yet or the time will come um no I've done I've done a yeah. lot of research yeah I've done a lot of research. I know it's uh, similar to like a business where you have to go get your e, EIN or e t- E10 or something like that. And yeah, EIN, uh-huh. You have to do, uh, you have to register with the, the attorney general, a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff. It's just like a business, mm. you know, except that you don't make any money. <laughs> it's a, it's a business that you don't own, I think. It's a business that you, you, you that yeah you could you yeah you own it yeah you could say you're own it because you you could you could be the director of a nonprofit, then you could have board members mm. and stuff like that and you can have people and there's there's i there's a lot of people that own nonprofits and still make money and yeah some people say there's no profit in nonprofit but i'm kind of 50 50 on that so i don't know mm-hmm. yeah Pay yourself a salary, maybe that's the profit. Or yeah, no, just make it. <laughs> you know, want to be like these pastors with the Rolls Royce, and then you know, give all this money to the Lord. Yeah, and, uh, especially if I'm in a position to actually to to make some money, then yeah, I can. I'll make some money, of course. But if I'm in a position to where my tacos are doing good, and I'm able to do nonprofit, then yeah, I could see myself doing that. 
that reminded me of that guy um oh huh. that guy that that um christian guy fuck his last name is with an o uh damn it either way name doesn't matter what matters is his actions so he's all about the lord and whatnot give money to the lord uh your offerings during this this uh hurricane that came about mm -hmm. he has all these properties and he wouldn't open the doors to allow anyone to go in there for the shelter you know so they gain a lot of stuff from the their believers and the followers or whatever and, but when shit gets real they're they're not really helping them you know what i mean yeah and they talk about all this shit about uh, acceptance forgiveness giving helping others but when it's there when they're up to bat they're not about what they preach yeah yeah, that's not that's it's it's opposite to what they're to what they're preaching exactly, and so maybe in the future just doing stuff like that where I'm able to help out youth, um, and accomplishing like like little little short term goals. You know what I mean? Like you have to get in the habit. Huh? So say for example, like this kid has this uh, trip that he's gonna go to as a senior and. Well, you need, he needs money or something like that. Maybe I can come in and, you know, teach him how to wash a car or something, you know what I mean? Or mow a lawn and make that money and stuff, you know what I mean? Just, you know, there's a lot of kids out there that just need that, you know, just that one person to tell them, hey, this is how you make money, you know? Yeah. And channel and take that vision in the legal route because anyone can do, be a hustler, like dealing drugs or transporting drugs or... Mm -hmm robberies whatever right like let him know not our money short-term gains can have a, a hefty price with your time yeah and time is precious so yeah you don't want to be learning that lesson in prison reminiscing then get out have to play catch up mm. well people want to help out like i'm gonna just give you an example when when i used to wash cars and we used to diesel car i used to take my two kids with me um they would get like $25, $50 tips. The car wash was only like $25. <laughs> we get inspired when we see, I've said this before, if you see someone with a broken car, a broken down car, mm -hmm. and you see them just sitting on their ass and they have like, they're like right there, like, see who will help me, you know? People rarely help those people. People help and get off their car and help push a car that the owner is already pushing like if they see you already trying yeah something inspires others to get up get up and get up and help yeah but if they see you kind of just waiting for someone to save you mm -hmm. they don't yeah and that's a interesting observation yeah that's definitely a social social observation for sure so that could have been with those kids it's like yeah get your hustle on youngin yeah. you know hell yeah yeah I, I get a lot of that because when, when I started the, the detail thing, they, you know, these kids, they were in high school and, you know, they just wanted to make some extra money and I taught them how to, you know, clean a carpet or, and I, and I seen, I seen it, I seen myself like, oh, okay, you know, I could see myself doing something like this later on, you know, helping kids, you know, with nothing to do in the summer and, you know, maybe, it, maybe they don't want to go to, to a field trip maybe they just want to help out their mom or their dad and they're struggling or something like that you know what i mean like there's money out there this thing about los angeles is that we're so overcrowded that there's money everywhere you just got to look at it from the legal from the you know makes it has to make sense though it can't be nothing illegal or anything like that 
people are out there in a, in a, in an advantage to help you out you know my son would sometimes make a hundred dollars in one day washing cars yeah not from what I paid from him but just from tips from people that want to help out so awesome yeah was there any time that uh, in your life that you had an experimental area uh, an experimental phase any uh, drugs alcohol or something that you battled and you kind of kicked you know or I don't um, know. you know growing up in Los Angeles it's easy for you to do drugs it's everywhere you know and so for me to sit up here and say hey you know I've never smoked a joint or I've never done you know this and that that what's this and that you know coke yeah you know meth yeah no meth uh, that's the fucking devil man acid yeah mushrooms and stuff like that I think I think it's so easy to get over here in LA that it's 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 almost impossible for anybody in LA to say that they haven't done that you know so it's not really something you want to put on your bucket list that shit is deceiving as fuck like don't fall for it like it's very risky yeah. it, it'll get a hold of you and and then when, even when you try to get rid of it it's still there you just got to keep it in check yeah well, so. prior to me getting my uh, dr my trucker's job, I, I we smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah. It took four to five months for it to get out of my system. Oh, <laughs> that's one of the ones that takes the longest, no? Because it um, uh, it attaches itself to the fat tissue, or what is it? To the to the body fat. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And yeah, you need to work it out, or you just need to just sit it out, or whatnot. And mm -hmm. so I think uh, I remember. Um, before I by before I signed up for Swift, uh, I had to get clean, so I stopped smoking weed. You know, smoking weed since high school, and um, you know, it's just it's just a small sacrifice, actually. Well, you know, the current um, state of that drug in the mind of society these days is not really like, oh my god, you know. But the other more heavy, more hardcore stuff. What made you try that? Was it peer pressure? What did you seek to get from it? Um, I don't know. It. I used to like the smell. The smell is, is what attracted me to it. It's, you know, growing up in L.A., we used to smell that a lot. Well, it smells a lot different now than what it used to smell before. That's yeah. that's one distinction for sure. I mean, Mexican brickweed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> smells stress. Of, stress smells a lot different than Stems. what they have now, right? Yeah. The seeds and all that. And so, yeah, it's it's. But back then, I used to like the smell, and so I used to want to always just, you know, I wonder what it was like. And then, like, I don't even remember the first time I got high. Um, if I had to remember, the first time I got high was probably, probably at a party. You know, we used to be. We used to be a part of these party crews that were around back in the day. Oh, shit. <laughs> you see that uh, Jay Valentino, I think. Um, fuck. What did, and Concrete Live when they do those skits. Yeah. The, they're rebels, right? Yeah. Rebel nation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They hit you it. Were, you were doing those, huh? We were doing something similar, yeah. What was the hairstyle? Uh, I think it was Bangs. Oh, shit. Valentino, the Jay Valentino. Yeah, the Bangs. Yeah. 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 Not the boots, though. No, no, no. Just the boots. Just the Bangs. All right, all yeah. right. I, wasn't a, I was never a rebel, for the record. Okay. 
<laughs> they were cool though they used to get the party started so that was pretty cool yeah in high school there was this guy he was popular man with the ladies like i'm like damn i wanna i wish i was that popular yeah uh fast forward he, he was like the biggest junkie everyone knew in that town you know oh, okay and then he stayed Se quedó arriba, el compa. Mm-hmm. at the time it was like the ecstasy molly face like she just did too much and he got stuck. Yeah, man. He's not all there anymore. Yeah. For some people, it only takes one hit of one joint for you to stay in that. You just still think that's a stepping stone to the other shit? Yeah. The gateway drug, they call it. Yeah, because if you know if you know someone that smokes weed, um, most likely that person knows someone that smokes meth. or And then that person most likely knows someone that does heroin or... Or all of y'all know someone that does shrooms and stuff like that. And so, you know, drug drug addicts know drug addicts. Just mm-hmm. like rich people know other rich people. Yeah. So it's something, you know, something that is going to come across when you, if you smoke weed. Um, I have two boys right now. So, um, you know, that's the last thing I would want for them. You know, yeah. S- especially since they're, you know, baseball driven at this moment and grades driven and stuff like that. So. Yes. Um. I have boys too That's why I'm curious About this stuff Like why people Think a certain way Or what sparks The curiosity So that's why I asked you About the hard drugs mm-hmm. like What what sparked The curiosity for that The weed wasn't Doing enough Or what, what led into That field I think that When someone does Like you know Cause like weed Is like a downer right mm-hmm. Yeah you, you do weed And you probably Want to like You know Watch movies Or something like that And then when people Do like uh, You know Coke or meth And stuff like that It's more like An active drug Yeah And then people Want to you know Just you know Whatever you want At that time Whatever you're doing At that time Say for example Like you're like You're doing meth And you're like Stealing cars And stuff like that I think that It influences a lot Of people to do Things like that You know what I mean Because It's easy to it's easy to, when you do coke and when you do meth, it's easy to do things like that because you're up late hours and stuff when people are asleep. And then, you know, you, you start selling cars or you're doing whatever you're doing, you know, and that's associated with those drugs and stuff like that. So did you ever end up doing any of those things? Yeah, I've tried. I've tried a lot of those things and stuff like that for short periods, for longer periods and stuff like that. But the GTA part of things? Um, Yes. Mm. Yeah, that was one thing. Yeah, a lot of different type of. And uh, the person I'm interviewing right now doesn't seem like that fits his mindset now. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So that doesn't really make you be, you become someone else. You become someone else, actually. Yeah, definitely. It takes away the fucks to give. Definitely. Definitely. You're more on the wild side and stuff, not thinking about the consequences and stuff like that. And so luckily nothing, you know, there's no criminal record attached to that. And so, um, so I'm very blessed to say. How do you feel about that though? Like the, the, what made you snap out of it? Well. Because already being GTA level, it's like, you're kind of fucking up already. Yeah, definitely. And if it's, and if it's to get another high, you're really bad. Right. If it's for fun or, it's still bad, but I mean. It's based on what drove you to do it. Right. So what well, drove you to do that, the first one? Um, How did that go? You don't wake up like, hey, I want to do this today. Like, Well, if I ever did anything, like say, for example, steal a stereo out of a car or anything like that, it's because I wanted to. 
And so no one ever made me do anything. But if I was hanging around with people that were doing things like that, then, of course, it was the not the normal thing to do, but I guess what everyone else was doing. And so if I wanted to stop, I could stop. And so. That's what all uh, people on drugs say sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, easy to say, hard to do. It's easy to Yeah. It's, easy, it's easier said than done. Right. And uh, what was the question? Here? Hmm? What was the question? Yeah, that what 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 made you do that? Like, you didn't just wake up and be like, "It's a great day to steal a car." Yeah, yeah, no. Well, you know, all my friends were doing it. Mm. You know, and so um, I like to hang out, of course. You know, when I was younger, that's all I did was just always about my friends, always, always, always. And so now, all my friends are either dead or in jail. And so the ones that I grew up with, at least, I have friends now that have nothing to do with my past and stuff like yeah. that. Say, for example, like you, I talk to you, I, you know, we talk, we have a friendship and stuff like that. And and you're not obviously in that life, but literally all my friends are dead or in jail yeah. for life. And so without those influences in my life, you know, I, you know, I don't stuff that they introduced me to, basically. So it doesn't make sense for me to keep on doing those things. But yeah. GTA style, like you say, for sure. I think the first car I ever stole out was like 13 years old. Yeah? Yeah. How did that go? Like a hot wired? Yeah. Screwdriver? Yeah, actually, a penny. I stole it with a penny. With a penny? <laughs> with a penny. How does that work? Oh, in the key area? Yeah. Like the penny made the turn? Yeah. Wait. Huh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They, a friend of mine had told me, he's all like, you could, you could literally steal a car with a penny. It's so easy to steal a car. And I was like, what? And these old Toyotas that, you know, like the Tercels and, uh, yeah, I think it's a Toyota Tercel, right? Yeah. Those were yeah, the little ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are so easy to take. I mean, you could literally stick another key in it and it, there yeah. was just so many flaws in it. Yeah. And so I remember the first time I wanted to steal a car, I was like coming home from a party and uh, I didn't. I had a ride there. There was a fight that broke out, and we needed a ride to get back. And so, since that always stuck to my head, and I had a penny in my pocket. Oh. So the door was open. I stuck the penny into where the key's supposed to go, and it started. The fuck. It didn't make any sense. I don't know. I don't know if it's just dumb luck or you know. I don't know. And when it's that easy, it's not going to end the good. Like, yeah. Now you're like, maybe I'll do it again. So that time I stole that car and um, I, I, I drove it home. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you didn't leave it at home. No, I didn't no, leave it at home. I, I probably dropped it off like a block before, if I remember right. Nah. Yeah. They were glad when they found it in one piece. I think. <laughs> yeah. 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 And you kept the penny, right? Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And the memory. Yeah. Yeah. Where is that penny now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. And then, you know, le- things lead to one one thing leads to another. And so, you know, it, it could get. It escalated? Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, it escalated. It escalated. There was a buddy of mine that owned a body shop and they had a bunch of keys. Okay. Like buckets of keys and stuff like that. And so we'd go and. Oh, okay, this key looks worn down or whatever for what whatever it was, BMW and this time and this time. And so, um, you know, uh, you know, things one thing led to another and, you know, you'd find yourself in different cars and stuff like that. And 
still in high school. And then with time, you know which ones are compatible with which, and then you already know what works, what doesn't. Yeah, right? by that time, you're just, you're, you're... A lo que vas, like that penny thing. This one's a penny. I know I need a penny. That's it. Mm -hmm. Let's go. In and out. Pair of scissors, you know. Pair of scissors. Pair of scissors. Four? Four Toyotas. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so if they're Toyotas, you know, you can get like a regular pair of scissors from home or whatever, and it could be used as a key. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but now now things are getting advanced with technology and yeah. they're still stealing shit yeah they come with the whole tools there's a guy right there next to it and there's a guy with i don't know what the fuck they're doing but it's like getting the code somehow you they're know? like a bluetooth type of right? receiver yeah they hack in the car so then okay so that wasn't your first and your last then the penny the penny story yeah you know? Yeah, I, I never did anything like, you know, profit from any of those things. It's just I needed to write from point A to B, mm. you know, never, you know, it was never about like an organization or anything like that. It was just I needed to write. Yeah. Or I needed to yeah, go. To... Yeah. And then you snapped out of it. Yeah. How many years was that? Like the whole experimental uh, stage? I I think that it was a good five years. Oh, no mas. Yeah, it's five years, five, six years. We're, yeah. We were out there doing the most. Mm hmm Yeah. And so, yeah, five, the, the, you know, from like 13 all the way to like, maybe like, I think it's more now that I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, and all, your mindset doing that, it was still because you were using, or at that point, it was sometimes yes, sometimes no? Um... The using had an influence? I think that, no. No? No, 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 not at all. Because um, I think uh, it was more of a lifestyle. I think, uh, you know, in those days, it was always uh, who was the craziest and stuff like that. And, you know, you know who had a big influence on everything was like, you know, the music, the culture, the rap. Huh. It still does now. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, honestly, it does. It's it very influencing Tupac, how to be a thug and... You know, everybody wants to be a badass and stuff, and so... And Tupac at one point was a ballerina dancer. <laughs> was he? Yeah, well, see. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Yeah. I'll own up to it. That's zero to 100 real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's not... The, the, those are just some of the things that we used to get ourselves into and stuff like that. And we never thought of ourselves as criminals or anything like that. We were just having a good time. <laughs> yeah. So fast forward, and then you snapped out of it. And did I ask you already why you snapped out of it? Like, well, yeah, like I said, it's um, you know, jail, friends are dead. Yeah, so I mean, you know, you don't want that for yourself. You know, you see all your friends flying, dying, and stuff like that. You just you want to get out of that. You want to get out of that cycle. And so, I think how old were you when you first lost a friend? When I first lost a friend, I would say I was thirteen, fourteen. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 14 years old, people, um, a friend of mine that lived in Bell Gardens, he got shot in his front yard. Same age as you? Uh, no, he was, they were older. Okay. They were older. Yeah. A lot of friends, a lot of different areas, Bell Gardens, Southgate, um, South Central. So then these have not been natural deaths then? Like no, they're all gang related. Man, they're all gang related. Every single one of them is al almost all gang related. And you were affiliated then. You never thought like, 
why not me or like it could have been me if you would have been hanging out with them you know yeah well i was still young i was still young so um fortunately enough uh you know i was still a little a little guy they call you they call you the little homie yes and so they would look out for me a lot of the times and stuff like that so but sometimes a little homie is the one that's that has more to prove so that that love it's it's kind of in a way, it sounds fucked up, but the little homie's used. Yeah. He, he wants to be accepted so bad that he'll do whatever to prove that he's down with the big homies. Yeah. And they, they um, sometimes take advantage of that, you know? They could. Because you kind of, what's making you at that point, like, c- cater to these people and not try to impress your family members or your brothers, you know? Like, what is it about these guys that you need their validation? Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that was not a very good... Uh, influence for some reason you were attracted to that yeah that was very when i was younger um i used to like hanging around with people that were older than me and so i would see what they would do and i would mimic it and so when i got my own set of group of friends and 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 that's what i was that's what i thought was the thing to do let me guess you had younger friends and i had younger friends yeah crazy yeah yeah and i had older friends and so that would you know fighting was a part of just growing up so you you know how many fights you know i think i've been in over like 50 fights legit fights Mm -hmm. and so i would like to do that i would love to do that when you started those fights deep down did you really want to do them or you felt you had to do them to prove a point or to fighting was more of like i'd rather fight than to just you know than to be with guns and stuff like that you know, I was at that age where I thought fighting was way better than, uh, you know, shooting somebody or anything like that. And so that's what, and, and a lot of my older friends didn't didn't think that way. But I wasn't like them in that sense. I'd rather fight and live another day. Yeah. Than to, but the guy that loses might not want to fight and still win with a bullet. There was, there was always those, I've been in a car where I've been shot at. And bullets, like, you know, flew right next to me and stuff like that. and Or I've almost got stabbed or where the knife was coming towards me. Or even got a, we got a home invasion one time at my house, too. And so, you know, almost got stabbed that day. And um, a lot of crazy things, actually. A lot of crazy things during that time. And at the same time, always still trying to find a way to make money. Still always trying to find a, you know, what... The next hustle was at that time still too. Well, you're blessed that all that is in the past, and it's a perfect story. Like a lot of people out here are trying to make it, and even then you were trying to make it. It's just always trying to figure it out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I love those stories because people trying to do better. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Now you're doing two things. Yeah. Trucking and taco life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Even then, it's just like, you know. And hearing you want to give back, like, you know, like, we all got some good in us. Yeah. Right? Definitely. No matter how our past has been. Yeah. Just as long as you don't forget your past. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all that stuff. Yeah, man. A lot of people wouldn't want to, like, oh, they don't need to know I did drugs. You no. Know, like, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I'm very open about it. It's just, I just haven't really had to talk with my kids. They're too young. Yeah. My teenage daughter, I think she has an idea about it. Like she had some bad experiences with me with drinking, so mm-hmm. which is why, um, you know, like we don't. I gotta check in on her more. Um, to how would I say it? Keep in touch more. I think 
that based on the bad experiences I provided when she would visit, it kind of put that little, you know, la mala experiencia, it kind of, something triggers like, I don't think I want to go visit you this weekend, mm. next weekend, okay. next weekend. And I love her unconditionally. Like, I'm, I'm not the type of parent that will be like, you you better love me back or I won't love you. You know, I know deep down she loves me, but I'm giving her, her I don't know how to say this, you know? Yeah. There's no manual. Yeah, <laughs> no. But I know that. I'll always be there, you know. And it takes the children to grow up and have children of their own and know what it feels like to be a parent. Yeah. 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 Then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I was loved. Yeah. You know, the main thing um, I would want all my kids to know is I love them no matter what. God forbid you got knocked up early. There's parents that will cancel you like you're not my daughter. Mm-hmm. I think that's stupid. Like, you're there to support. And if something led to that, where were you? What did you teach them? Yeah. Where was your guidance? Yeah. Like, you didn't make mistakes, you know? Yeah. A mother could be out there hoeing and doing all this shit, but as soon as, like, their daughter, she, they judge their own kids. Like, they never went through a phase. Yeah. Yeah. The fuck is wrong with people nowadays? There's no empathy. I think actions is what speaks louder to kids than... Than anything else, you know. Exactly. The example. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to earn that back. Yeah. Like, I've said many times, oh, yeah, come. I'm not going to, I'm not drinking anymore. Come. Yeah. Because one time I was so fucking drunk that I, I yelled at her. Oh, okay. You know, and it made her cry because she's just my, my firstborn. Yeah. I've always, uh, she's like the spoiled one, like, you know, growing up. like, And then for, for alcohol to make me be like this other monster that she didn't get to see that side of. Yeah. You know, it's like tripped her out yeah made my daughter cry you know then <clears throat> yeah yeah well we we all go through that i think living in la it's it's a mix of all those things and um for me to say you know i've never smoked weed or i never did a little bit of this and that the harder drugs you know um i think uh i think i don't i think i don't want to try to hide from anything but you know i don't want to give everything away too you know it's uh yeah, there's it's some, be some mystery. It's something that I'm ashamed of, actually. So, oh, yeah? Uh, I think, yeah, I think that's why I don't really like to talk about it. Oh, I'm, some additional stuff? I'm really ashamed of... Uh, Other stuff? Dr- well, drug use. I'm ashamed oh. of it. I'm ashamed of it to the max. Yeah, because when I was little, when I was younger, I I used to be like, oh, that's stupid. Like, why would you do that? Like, your body's a temple. You know, growing up Catholic, your body's a temple. Why are yeah. you Why are you destroying yourself? And then for me to just be the total, the, the 360 of things and and to go ahead and do those things, you know, it's it's weird. That's how it is because you shouldn't judge people because they're just what you would be under the, the same circumstances. Right. So. Right. Got to learn to have, that's the Abraham Lincoln quote. Because yeah. he had, his wife was kind of like, ooh, these people, you oh. know. Look down on uh, allegedly uh, on people of lower class, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think growing up too. Also, if, well, where I grew up, no one ever did heroin. Everyone always did like, uh, you know, back then it was called speed. Everyone used to do those type of drugs and stuff like that. And I think that uh, you know, um, for me, it's shameful to to go ahead and to go ahead and say I used to do those things. But I mean, I have, you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah, you know, and so uh, I think moving forward, 
I want to be the best example to like my kids, and then that way they could be like you know, yeah, you know, dad did that and it didn't go so good, you know. I'm I'm not gonna do that, you know. I'm not gonna assume, but I'm gonna say more or less what on stuff that I read or things I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you shouldn't be ashamed because you're human, and I know that sounds corny, but as humans, like. I think we lose touch with how much we really need love. Mm-hmm. And you were finding, or at least I was, like some comfort in that. Mm-hmm. In this book that I read, there's a junkie that describes the the experience of using a certain drug to it feeling like it gives me a warm hug that I never got from my mother. Mm. That feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think a lot of people just want to feel something. Yeah. And because the current situation they're in, it's hard to deal with. And that gives you that comfort or that loving feeling. Yeah. But it comes with a price. Oh, yeah. I, when when I hear things like that, then I, I can I can say, yeah, then yeah, I, I, I see what they mean by that. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know how I'll have that conversation with my kids. Like, But let's give them all the love that. So much love that they don't need to seek it through a substance or right. through acceptance of other people that are lacking love. Yeah. Because hurt people hurt people. So I think that's better than any advice we could ever give is give love. Yeah. I never thought I would talk like that. Yeah, no. You give, know? give love and then give them goals. You want to be tough. And, yeah. uh, and then behind closed doors, you go over here looking at yourself like, fuck. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. One thing, I, I like I said, I, for, my, for my boys, I give them love and I give them... I give them uh, consejos and I give them goals and I do all those things because uh, I know that those things are needed in order for them to let their mind go another way, you know. And so if my kids always have a goal to do, complete or to achieve. Get that mindset going. Yeah, they get that mindset going. Yeah, it's a perfect way of putting it. Thank you you know, for finishing my words, yeah. I didn't mean to invade, but you could finish it your way if that was not the proper way. No, that was good because yeah. I'm always, you know, I'm always... Uh, you know, when people ask me and stuff like that, you know, those, you know, sometimes I don't have the right words or all the words. And so, you know what, as long as you have the right intention, mm-hmm. sometimes you don't have to explain things. Yeah. You know, deep down, it's all love and intention. Yeah. So, and then there, you mentioned the actions. So with those actions, we got to like, we can't be like, oh, be this, win the day, go and do this. Don't, if you start something, you better finish it. And then we don't do that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> So they'll, maybe they'll absorb the love, but they're going to absorb the bullshit, too. Like, you're doing, you're a half-ass, you know, you're half-assing it. Yeah. So, is it, you know, you make sure you get, give the right dosage. Right. Lead by example, give love. No, right. You're, you're right? right. Yeah. And even saying the love part, you got to lead by example because it takes action. The action is doing the things that make them feel loved. Yeah. More than just, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yeah. Right? So you mentioned actions earlier, and that makes reminds me of how I'm holding myself accountable. Like, with my daughter, like, I've said many times, I'm not drinking anymore. So imagine a, a young girl, you don't, you you don't want to be worried about when your dad's going to drink and not. Yeah. My daughter, at some point, sounds more mature than me. Like, you know, when she would text my, my, my girlfriend, you know, like, yeah, he's got to get it together. You know, like... A eleven year old, twelve year old saying that, like, come on, man, like for real, like. I've, so actions, my actions is like I've told you many times, I don't drink no more. 
then you see me post something with a beverage, then what does that put in her mind? Mm, yeah. Men lie. My dad lies. What is she going to be attracted to or accepting of mm -hmm. in a relationship with a liar? Compulsive liars, maybe? I don't know. So I'm going to be a, an example. And with my actions, just let my actions speak. Yeah. I've been sober since November 4th, 2021. 2021. Oh, yeah. okay. So... That's just my little, not tooting my own horn, but I'm saying, yeah, it comes down to actions. You can't say something and do the opposite. So just like I, I lost that um, desire of her to want to come over often, yeah, I could gain it back with proving that I'm a good person to be around. Yeah, Nobody likes to be around someone that's miserable and screaming all the time, Yeah, hating themselves. Yeah, What love can you give if, you're, if you hate yourself? Yeah. I didn't mean to steal the, the spotlight. No, I can but, relate to it. You know, I think so, everyone can. I think you speak on a lot of a lot of fronts and stuff like that because you know, I don't like to bring up my daughter that often, although it sounds like I do, but it just comes to me sometimes. Right? No. Right? Yeah. No. I get it. I get it. It's something that's always on your mind. My boys are always on my mind, always. So everything I do, when I make a decision, I I, I think about them first. So <laughs> so I get what you're I get what you where you're coming from. Yeah, let's hope they never have to travel down that road, man. It's a horrible road, man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't want to go back. Fuck all that. Yeah, fuck all that. But we're going to make it, bro. We're going to, you know, be the change we wanted to see in our family tree. I believe so. You know? I believe so. You have a lot of good qualities. Yeah. Um, you know, just, you know. I love the hustle, bro. Like this I I learn a lot from you guys when when you come on here. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys help me a lot. And I take a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I love putting a face to people that like you see trucks. It's not it's more than just trucks. This guy has a life. Yeah. This guy has dreams. This guy's most guys have goals, you know, desires. Mm -hmm. um, we got to put that in people's minds. You know, we're more than just truck drivers. Than what you see. Yeah. On, on the outside. Everyone's actually. got something going on. Yeah. So it's been a great talk, man. Is there anything you would like to add? Um. You know, I just, uh, I would say uh, for anybody out there that's listening that's not a truck driver, wants to be one, it's a great career. You could, uh, you can, you could, you could support a family out of it, you know. On one income. On one income. And so I think that there's a lot of uh, people that are confused about the industry as far as, you know, if I'm a truck driver, do I have to go over the road? No, you don't. You can be work. You can work local and make good money. You know, you could. You, so I, I would say invest some time. You know, you know. I know a lot of people out there. You know, still smoke weed because it's legal here. <laughs> there, you know, no trucking companies. It's not a federal. It's not a. What is what is it? Yeah, on it's a federal a, level, it's not legal. Yeah, it's not legal. So stop. If you want to be a truck driver, stop. You know, give it up. You're It'll gonna, take time. See, as he mentioned earlier, it took him like five months to get it out the system. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that synthetic urine, they're catching on to that. So you're not going to pass. Yeah, just but just know that the trucking industry is a great career. That's what I want to tell. That's what I tell everyone. Everyone who doesn't know what they want to do, I tell them, hey, you put in the work, you can make just as much as that person that went to a four-year college. Yeah. The company that I'm at right now, you could make you could make four fifty dollars four hundred and fifty bucks a day. Yeah. Tell me that's not <laughs> if you tell me that's not good, that's I don't know where you're working at then. But four fifty a day to work for a company to have benefits, four hundred one K and stuff like that, I mean something to think about. Okay. And so yeah, I mean and if you wanna be a you wanna go into food, <laughs> there's money there too. You know? 
So where can they reach you at to pick your brain about stuff like that? Yeah, um, my handle is is I have a I have a personal account, but it's it's mostly like you know my kids and stuff like that, and so mm-hmm. I, I don't do anything like that. But yeah, I'm right there, always making tacos. I'll share your taco one if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You guys will see that on on the up here somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having it was, me. It was a great, a great conversation, All man. Right, yeah. And um, I hope it inspired someone out there. Yeah. And yeah, I'll catch you guys on the next one. All right. Peace. Oh, 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 oh,